32 of Press YYC, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast that has us on it. We record live every Wednesday night around 8 p.m. or so. We are also now affiliates on Prime Gaming, formerly known as Twitch Prime, so if you want to subscribe or give us a sub uh, from your free subscription that comes with having Amazon Prime, we'd be forever grateful. Finally, follow us on Twitter, where you get updates on when we go live and post new episodes. FYI, we have a special show this weekend, Mitch Builds a Computer with Nathan and Alex. I'm your host for the evening, Nathan McInerney, and this week, I'm joined by AJ, Captain Thumbnail. How are you doing, AJ? Uh, yeah, I- I'm doing all right. I just want to say two things. One, uh, very, much better job on the intro this week, <laughs> Nathan, and uh, two, <laughs> Wakanda Forever. Yes, excellent. Uh, then we've got Alex, the documentarian. I don't know what you're talking about. That's That's... Hi, everybody. I'm working on stuff. School's starting soon. Getting excited. Also terrified. Woo! <sighs> we got Cozy, the Platinum Hunter. Hey, I uh, I didn't realize that we were going to be starting at 7 minutes and 30 seconds until everyone was like, oh, man, four seconds away from starting. Like, oh, shit, I need to clap my hands. All right. <sighs> but it, it all worked out in the end. It all worked out. And finally, we have Mitch. Wedding planning is hard, and I have the best fiance in the world. Also, your superhero name is The Run of Show. That was kind of my theme, is that everybody is superhero name. Good call. Good call. Oh, okay. Does that tie into something we're going to talk about in a little bit? Oh, no, it's just completely random. For no reason, uh, we're talking about superheroes. or Superheroes suck. Or I'm wearing a superhero hat. That has no reason for that either. I've I've gone down a rabbit hole, guys. I am so ready for this Avengers game to come out. It is ridiculous. I just want to interject here and say, unfortunately, I would say that my hype levels for this upcoming Avengers game have actually kind of plummeted, really, over the past couple of days. I Here's the thing. There is a lot of great press coverage coming out right now about how apparently the single player campaign to this Avengers game is great. I'm really happy to hear that. You know, uh, I was fearful that Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal weren't going to be able to pull it off. And it seems like against all odds, they really have. But man i'm just for whatever reason my hype levels have just completely died down probably has something to do with a lot of my recent interests and uh, one of the games i'm going to be talking about later on but i'm happy that you're happy i'll say that much yeah i guess i mean i've just i've I've gotten to a point where just any piece of content or even watching people like um former guest in front of the show mc fixer streamed his first hour playing the game greg miller put up i think his first 90 minutes i just i need it's one of those things where it's it's, it's one of those releases where it's like, I know it's not going to be for everyone, but I'm at the point where it's like, I'm getting shaky. It's like, I'm, I'm going with, through withdrawals, and I just need it. It's always like that, like, whenever there's like that special game coming out, and you just kind of can't stop thinking about it. That was me with Doom earlier this year, and it's going to be me with Cyberpunk when that comes out this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But like, it really is this like, just this... Un like unparalleled feeling of just the anticipation of it being one two days away. It's like I I I even though I don't feel it exactly for Avengers, I I I'm very happy that you're as happy as you are because uh, that feeling is very special. Can I just say oh, absolutely? I wish I was excited for this game. I wish I had that in in me. I don't know what it is. I, w- I wish you were too. Maybe it's my disconnect from the Marvel universe because I'm always been more of a DC guy. Um, I, I mean, you've DC got your something cool. I can't wait for Suicide Squad. I mean, Squad. We, we they did. It's called the Snyder S- Cut. Suicide Squad, Gotham Knights, Snyder Cut, Aquaman Two, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Project fans are in Gotham for a Racing. Great couple of years. We should go back. What did you say, Cozy? I did. 
Project Gotham Racing. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Man, I love Project Gotham Racing. That was oh, a great was such game. a good game. It was. Was that the Dreamcast one? Nope. No. That was. That was, it was the, the original. It was like early Xbox, and there was. I think there was one on there. It was originally the first two were on the original Xbox, and then I think the third one was on 360. It evolved from a right. series on Dreamcast because it uses the use the Kudo system from a game yeah. on Dreamcast. Now it's bothering because I played the Dreamcast game, not the Xbox game. And now I want to know what it is, but I can't look at that. Somebody else go look uh, at that. So, okay, so apparently there is like a precursor to the Project Gotham Racing series called Metropolis Street Racer, which was on the Dreamcast. That's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, that was a great game. Dreamcast hmm. underrated system. I never used to like Sega games, but the Dreamcast, that was a classy system. So, all right, well, let's get into a bit about what everybody's been playing. I'm going to pick on AJ first. AJ, you got some interesting yeah, things up? here. What's going on? What are you been playing? Yeah, um, well, this week, the a couple games uh, that I'm actually somewhat interested in uh, came out on uh, Game Pass. Uh, the first one being uh, Wasteland 3. Uh, I've been playing it on uh, my Xbox One launch. Um, uh First things first, uh, the visual appearance of this game, we're really pushing this hardware. This definitely, some of the textures and stuff like that, especially if you get kind of close up at things, looks like it's probably running on like the low settings, if you were to look, think of a PC equ equivalent. Um, but, you know, the, other than that, um, so, okay, so it's um, base, basically, it's, it's like a classic uh, CRPG. Mm -hmm. um, the the closest um, similar game that um, I would um, attach this series to would be the uh, Divinity uh, Divinity Original Sin series. Yep. It's very similar to that in terms of it's very it's 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 a top down isometric kind of you can explore the world and then all your your battle encounters are turn based. Um, but uh, it's it's very dialogue heavy, um, which I kind of have a hard time with. Um, I, I I almost wish it were a little more. At the very least, the cutscenes were cutscenes. the The dialogue was presented in like a Mass Effect or a uh, Fallout Four style, where you know it just seems a little more interesting rather than top-down characters just sort of talking into the void and you get the text on screen and you finish reading it before they finish speaking the lines because they're acting the lines really well and stuff but i don't know um so far i'm having a a, a decent time with it i i uh cozy i think i put a, a couple of uh game clips up there for you and uh, people should be viewing them on screen yep. right now there. yeah there's there's not a lot um going on in 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 these clips specifically um but uh you know it's i'm very early on i've played for maybe two hours and there's a lot of story that i have to go through there so can we um, play together via pc and xbox that i'm not sure of i don't know if there's cross play hmm. or not i wouldn't i wouldn't hold out on it yeah i don't think yeah uh, a lot of, a lot of games like this probably won't have it at least at launch okay so. yeah um, and uh, so, actually, uh, if 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 you're interested in in learning more about kind of the development development behind this game, uh, Daniel Dwyer uh, of Noclip fame did a uh, podcast with um, one of the developers uh, behind it. Um, so uh, give that a listen. Okay, 
Uh, fun fact about the Wasteland game, because uh, I reviewed Wasteland 2 and I liked it a lot, but the original Wasteland was the inspiration for the first Fallout game. Mm. Um, that's kind of where the team came huh. from and uh, Fallout, uh, which follows this structure very much. Um, this is what Fallout 3 would have looked like if it was developed by Interplay. Yeah. So that's kind of where where um, where they went with that. Instead, Fallout went to an open world, which I think is good too, because I like those open world Fallout games. Um, mm. uh, but what about the other game you've been playing? I heard it's uh, been pretty well received. Uh, yeah, no, um, it, it seems like it's very well received so far, and uh, I'm having a good time with it. Absolutely. All right. Are we talking about Wasteland, or are we talking about another No, game? I was segwaying to Crusader, Crusader Kings 3. Oh, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, uh, Crusader Kings 3. Um, we were just watching a uh, friend of the show, TJ, uh, Private Jeebus in the chat, uh, play it on uh, his stream. But um, it, it's, it's a very dense strategy game where... Um, you, you, you control, a, a ruler and you, you're, you're trying to manipulate these relationships between your neighboring rulers and you're trying to create a, a, a family lineage that, that eventually can, can go in and conquer the majority of like the Europe area, um, where, you know, it's, it's, it's called Crusader Kings. It's. The Crusades, basically, right? And you're you're trying to be work your way from like a feudal lord and work your way up and have your lineage survive as long as it possibly can. Um, meanwhile, everything uh, for you know every other character on this map is happening at the same time. Um, it's it's very dense, um, just like the the previous iteration um, was, uh, but it's it, it's a little more approachable. But I, I still found that I'm hitting kind of a wall of like okay i don't know what i should be paying attention to um which is you know it it is what it is uh i something about dense strategy piques my interest but then i i sort of lose interest a little bit um like after a little while when when you know i hit a wall of the the density but um I, I did have a, a good bit of fun with it for a few hours uh, earlier today. So, all right, sweet. Um, yeah. No, that's good. Maybe I'll give that's that a, a try. That's uh, on Game Pass on PC. So you, if you have Game Pass, you just kind of have it. So give it a shot. All right, sweet, cozy. Um, is this a game that you have listed here? A certain scientific railgun spectrum story, or is this the game you're working on? No, it's not a game that I am working on. It's a game that I've been playing. Okay. Game here being a very, very loose term. Okay, so you guys remember how last week I talked about how i fallen down an anime rabbit hole and how, like, my interest in games has just completely died up? Yes. Yeah. Well, over the course of this past week, it's gotten worse. Not only am I so much into anime right now, but it's gotten so much worse that I was looking at the app store and saying, you know, what are some more, like, sort of online games? What are some more a certain scientific railgun, a certain magical index games? And I found this little game called A Certain Scientific Railgun uh, Gun Spectrum Story. And I'm going to show you some gameplay footage of it here. Basically, 
the way it was presented to me is that it was a dating style game in which you get to talk and interact with one of the main heroines of the certain scientific railgun anime. That's how it was presented to me. Now, I downloaded the game thinking, honestly, I'm just going to enjoy this as a goof. I'm just going to see what it is, and then I'm going to just, based on that, either delete it from my phone or, you know, and or talk about it on this show because I think it'll make a funny story, you know. And what I found was actually a cleverer game than I was anticipating. Uh, do you guys remember that, uh, like, uh, dating game that came out for smartphones a little while back, Mystic River. No, Th I remember no. the movie. <laughs> I, I may be misremembering the name, but basically, it sort of blended the line between kind of reality and fiction by making it so that, like, the people that you were, the boys that you were interacting with, would like message you on your phone. So it was sort of like almost like a dating app. Okay. This. Uh, app basically does something similar where basically it's entirely presented as you're having these sort of like telephone conferences with this female character and when you first open up the app it has you like sign like basically say hey we're taking part in this test you know click here to agree to this thing click here to agree to that like it feels like you're basically trying out like an experimental like in prototype uh, work in progress uh, thing. And then when you get into the actual app itself, you can like engage in video chat stuff or you can engage in like message chat stuff, which you may have briefly seen in the video footage earlier. And when you do the message chat stuff, it'll do neat little things to sort of further keep you kind of immersed in the experience. Again, blur the line between kind of reality and game or like at one point uh, the character will be like, uh, hold on a quick second. I need to change my avatar. And when then they do that, uh, their avatar will change in real time as it would if you were, say, communicating with them on Twitter or on Discord. When they post a message, it will timestamp it with the exact amount of time that, uh, with the exact time that they sent the message over. I'm not ready to call this game a great game or even a good game. I think that those terms are <laughs> irrelevant in terms of describing what this is. But this game was a kind of great reminder that presentation is really important when it comes to any kind of game and it can elevate what I thought was just going to be a joke of an experience like this to something that was actually kind of novel uh, in this weird sort of way. Uh, so yeah, you guys can all uh, start calling my psychiatrist and letting him know that uh, I've gone off the deep end and I need to be saved, but I just wanted to quickly highlight that. All right. I think we, were, I think we, I think we need to get to a point where we have enough people gift in or sub or whatever they need to do into twitch.tv slash cozy bear live to break them out of this funk and get them excited to play Avengers with his boys. I'm just saying. Maybe we need to sponsor a therapist for Mitch's addiction to this Avengers theory. It's going yeah. so good. Yeah, I was going to say, this, I feel like if anybody here is obsessed, it's Mitch. This unadulterated hype and love for this game where it's continuously proving that it doesn't really deserve it is very interesting. I'm curious to it see what but the I love critics it. actually think of it because there aren't reviews yeah. live for the game even though it's playable. Are we sure it's not getting delayed? I'm just putting it out there. I'm pretty sure. Oh, At yeah. this point, Can you just you go... Know, just leave. I'll host the rest of the show. Could, we could go to... I, I could go into an EB Games now and, you know, if I found somebody who who's very generous, I might be able to get the game now. The system wouldn't let you sell it. 
uh, friend of the show was able to pick up his collector's edition today somewhere yeah, in the US. Yeah, I saw that. that was, but don't yeah, they that was, give you hmm. access early with the collector's edition? No. So the so just you know, inside baseball, we record this on Wednesdays. The digital deluxe and like the digital editions that are above standard all came with three day early access. So those players were able to play uh, Tuesday at midnight. So like Monday into Tuesday. Um, most of us have to wait until Friday. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought the collector's Ooh. editions would give you early access. Maybe not then. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, segue over from uh, that to, I don't know how to segue to this. Let's I like, talk about Hellblade's I, I, newest sacrifice. I, I like how you just called my game that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so I've been playing Hellblade. Um as the segue, uh, th- I mean, there there are voices in my head right now that told me to play Hellblade. I um, this is uh. one. This is yeah, I know that was really shitty. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll sorry. leave after this. But um, so yeah, this is this is a game. Hellblade: Sin- Sinuous Sacrifice is a game that has been on my like my backlog for a really really long time because this was probably the game that made Microsoft buy N- Ninja Theory, like. This because this came out just before they acquired them in 2018. It came out like the year before in 2017, and it is without it. I'm not. I'm close to the end of it because it's not a very long game either. It's like seven hours, which that was kind of the big reason why I decided to play it right now is because I needed something small before Avengers comes out. Oh, and so I thought Hellblade would be perfect because it is not very long, and the presentation in this game, you can tell that it is a budget title in a sense, that it wasn't made on a triple-A budget, but that's never been what Ninja Theory has really done with any of their other games. This is one of the best presented games that I've ever played, in the specifically in the audio department, because for those who aren't aware, you are playing as a character named Senua, who has psychosis, and the way that they do the voices in her head because there's about like three maybe four voices that you can hear and they're all like they all like range in personality and some of them are very contradictory of her and some of them like are like encouraging her and it's really really cool like this is a game you have to play with headphones for one because if you just don't you are missing out on so much of the experience because it really uses like not, it's not 3D audio, but they use like the left and right channels really, really well, where it's like you'll have one voice in your right ear and then a different voice in your left ear and then everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, it's it's just this fantastic experience so far that has made me feel very uncomfortable at times because it's this is probably and I haven't got, I didn't get that far in Celeste, but this is probably the best game that I've ever played that deals with mental health. Like, there is so much going on in this game that I, I can't wait for, for one to finish it and then two to just think about it because where I'm at so far, I'm like, this is just incredible. And it's available on Game Pass, so it's just, it's a marvel of an experience and I can't wait to see what Ninja Theory does with Microsoft money behind them for Hellblade 2. Speak, speaking of on uh, Game Pass, just real quick, it's also mm-hmm. um, on the... In the Xbox uh, streaming app, it's also the one like the one game they're testing out touchscreen controls with. Interesting. Would you say I haven't tried it? Would you say that's a good idea? I mean, could you see? I would, it I would translate not, it. I mean, I don't think most games we're going to translate well to to um, touch controls. I know Gears Five is another one that they've been practicing with. 
mm-hmm. but um, I don't know how Hellblade would. It's not very in-depth combat. It's kind of, it's kind of um. I'm trying to think of like what game I would compare it to. Like I, I can't think of an app comparison like combat wise, but it's it's mostly just kind of like two buttons. Like you have a heavy, you have a light attack, and you have a kick, and then you just you block or you can block, and then you can also parry. And it's kind of it's very intimate in the way that the camera is used. So I don't know how it would translate. Like there's not that many buttons that you use, and outside of combat, you're not really doing much else besides running around, and you'll maybe have to interact with something or look at something. So I feel like that would translate decently, but I don't know how the combat would. I mean, if you're playing any game on a screen that's like, you know, not even yeah. that big, it's gonna you're just not gonna have the real estate for for uh for buttons, like on screen buttons. So I don't know. Um I just I mean it uh, might work it might up. work well on your Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I just looked it up. It's actually on Game Pass on PC as well. So I, that's yes, one of the games. that's that, where I've been playing it. Uh, yeah, that's one of the games I definitely didn't play. So I might give that yeah. a shot. It's it's yeah. definitely worth it. Um, yeah, just, you know, make sure you play it with headphones is my biggest Yeah, I, I bought it in a, play, in a PSN sale probably like a year, year and a half ago. And I didn't. I actually picked it up earlier this year to, to give it a go. And then something else got in the way or distracted me or whatever. It's one I need to get back to, but I did get to like the first sort of boss encounter and having mm-hmm. the like I have the um, the PlayStation Gold headset, mm-hmm. so same idea. It can, it can do the dual channel audio and everything, and it it messes with you. It's really, yeah. really, really well done. Okay. Also, if you are a big fan of Norse mythology, which I have been basically since the since God of War twenty eighteen came out, show us um, the arm. That was that was the biggest like that was the biggest uh, thing that I. I that I took a, that was one of the biggest things I took away from uh, the from God of War twenty eighteen and Hellblade is even like way deeper into Norse mythology like there's there's literally one character who is in your head and he just tells you stories about different gods and different like different races and all of that mm. it's really really fascinating and it's cool some of the ones that I knew about too like they do mention Baldur at one point mm. from from like. Uh, Balder being the son of Odin and what happens to him and it's funny to hear that like hear like the the telling of it like the story of it and then how they changed it for God of War and how it's still kind of similar though in some ways it's really interesting parallels mm-hmm. so that's just another thing if you really like if you like Norse mythology or even just are like vaguely interested in it it's a great game to to hear a lot of that mythology sweet hmm. Also, you got it to a movie theater. I heard. How was I your movie? Did. How was your movie theater experience? So, I I decided uh, because so uh, Cineplex, our local um, our local theater chain, has opened up. Oh yeah. Uh, this last in August, and one of the big movies that they opened up like sh- very shortly after they opened up for um, came to theaters. It actually happened. Tenant was released for some screens. And I went and saw Tenet at downtown Toronto at Young and Dundas. Anybody familiar with that theater? I did see it in IMAX. It's not like a real IMAX theater, but it still was a very nice, like, sound experience for the most part. Mm. I have a lot of issues with the movie itself. Yeah, as far as I know in Toronto, I think the only proper IMAX theater is... Scotiabank. Scotiabank, right? No, isn't it also the... um, the oh, uh, place the, Ontario uh, place. the Cinesphere. That yeah, Ontario Cinesphere. places also, yeah. Yeah, that one I know is like that was like the first IMAX theater. I have a very I very much love 
IMAX, just in like the visual fidelity that you get from it is so nice and clear. And then also just the sound. That's also a big thing about it. And Christopher Nolan is one of those directors who specifically uses, like he shot, I remember Dunkirk was like 97% shot with IMAX cameras. He like, he's like one of the only directors who actively uses it. Uh, and I know Tenant is similar. I don't know what the exact percentage was, but there were very... Because you can mostly tell when a movie or, like, when scenes are shot in IMAX versus um, versus non-IMAX cameras because you can tell because the aspect ratio changes. So that's kind mm. of the... That's the biggest uh, tell. And you can, like, a few times in Tenant, the, like, the aspect ratio would just change just a little just for, like, one or two shots, and then it would, like, immediately go back to IMAX, which that's one of the, the biggest things that I like about Christopher Nolan is that he has that power to be able to get that budget to be able to do things, do the things he wants practically. Tenant mm. itself, though I will not spoil it because I do think it is worth going to a theater and seeing. Really? I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's the spectacle of the movie is is great because he is a competent director who knows how to make action scenes interesting and like understands visual language. I controversial opinion or whatever, I don't think Christopher Nolan is a good writer like at all. I really <laughs> like think of most of his movies, I don't think they're well written in the sense that he doesn't do characters well. The best just, character he has written is a character that he did not create. Exactly. That's why I and think that, like, and dark, that is Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, like the dark that, and that that honestly like that that whole that whole thing was very much held up because of um because of Heath Ledger's performance. Like yeah. most of the characters in Tenant trying to actually trying to actually talk about this movie. Um one of I mean most of the characters I literally do not know their names. The only person who I remember mm-hmm. is Neil, who is Robert Pattinson's character, and that's just because Robert Pattinson is raw charisma's fuck. Uh, and so he was like, he was the best part of the movie by far. Um, Ten is worth seeing in theaters if you can go to one. I, I, it, the memes aside, it is the way that it's meant to be seen. But do except not, for, do not risk this, your life to see this movie. Yes, if Period. if you if there's no good safe way to see it, like the theater I went to was surprisingly very very well clean. There wasn't a lot of people in it anyway even though they were selling at like probably maybe like 50% capacity, I think is what they're, I they're think, doing. In I think it's up to 50 people oh, per okay. auditorium. Okay. That would actually make sense because yeah, they're like heard. 600, they're like 600 person theaters. Something or is like that, that. Is that on the high side? That sounds hmm. like it's on the high side, but I think young and Dundas might be up there to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Again, without getting into spoilers, mm-hmm. where would you say that the, the movie ranks compared to Nolan's previous films? Okay. Um, his, like, better than what film, worse than what film. Yeah, so my favorite Christopher Nolan movie is The Dark Knight, and I think most of that comes from my love of Batman more than my like of Christopher Nolan. Because it's like, Batman... So I think the only ones that I... The only one that I haven't seen is The Prestige, so I'm not going to rank it in that, oh, which you is, should watch that. you know... One of his, arguably like one to. of his best movies, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it I'd like to. Of, I, it is one of my favorite movies, period. I, I regardless of whether it's should... Him. I probably should if I want to form a full opinion about Christopher Nolan because it's like I, I think it's I think his tier the tier list of Christopher Nolan off of the ones that I can remember in my head Inception or no Dark Knight Inception um, I like Dunkirk a lot more than I think some people did so Dunkirk um, Tenant would probably fall like under the Dark Knight Rises because I would go Batman Begins Dark Knight mm. Rises 
Tenant. Like, mm. yeah, just the characters were really, really disappointing. And I'm more than positive he came up with the idea. He came up the, with the idea of, I want to do action scenes where people are moving in reverse. Thought about that and then tried to make a story that was around that. And the whole MacGuffin of, like, the the people being the inverted, like, the everyone being in reverse isn't interesting. And by the time that they actually explain what's happening, you kind of don't care. And before anyone says anything, uh, yes, I understood what Tenet, like, I understood the big picture themes that he was trying to go for. I still think it was stupid. Sorry, I get, def- you... I get defensive about it because I don't like Interstellar and people are like, Hold I, on. I've had multiple people be like, oh, you just didn't get Interstellar. And so, no, I understood what was happening in Tenet. Fuck you. I didn't like it. <laughs> did you realize, though, that Tenet spelled backwards is Tenet? I did. That was a very, very blatantly... Um, <laughs> that's blatantly... your name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that that's my thing of, with Tenet. Go see it if you can, but it's... It's, it's still worth seeing, in the seeing theater, when it's, but it's, it's not... It's worth seeing yeah. once it comes to on demand as well. In some ways, it might even be better because, just very quickly, the sound mixing for Tenant was very, very bad to the point where you literally cannot this. understand what people are saying. Sometimes I've heard that. It's yeah. really, yeah. it's really bad. So getting having a seeing it with subtitles might actually make the experience better. The best. It, it seems like that's a. Sorry, I just want to say quickly. I feel like that's a consistent criticism of a lot of Nolan's films. Like yeah. there was a Dark Knight Rises with the Bane stuff. Some people thought that Interstellar was a little bit too all over the place, where it was just too loud, too quiet. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that tradition is continuing here. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of wild that um, like it is kind of wild that he pro- has had this problem so consistently for so long. It's probably one of those weird things where he knows the lines so he can, like, pull it out. But, yeah. like, somebody who doesn't know what's happening can't. So, well, yeah. and he'd have to be cognizant at this point of it happening as well. Because he knows that's yeah, a criticism. Like, yeah. I think it might even... Maybe it's like, the style I have no, now. I have, no, I have no basis to um, to prove this, but he probably knows. Like, he's probably, like... he. he I would assume at this point, Christopher Nolan works with a lot of the same people. And so the sound mixer, he probably is, like, friends with and just will hire... Like, again, this is all conjecture, but, you know, if you're helping a butt out, you know, mm-hmm. might as well do that. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a weird issue with that, but, again, like, I, a I lot of people the, have brought that complaint up aside. I think, me, I think the me. biggest question sitting in front of us now is a group, and we have to really think hard and long about this. We now know that theaters can be reasonably safe. Who's coming with me to see the new mutants? Dude, I'll do it. I haven't done it yet, but I was—I genuinely have been planning to go see that. I know. Are there any? Hold on. Are there any reviews for that movie? Because I—I know that it's out. I've literally have heard nobody talk. So the the reviews are all over the place. There's some that are okay, and some that are like you should not even rent buy this at a bargain bin DVD store. So they're kind of all over the place. Wow. I, I can't wait to see in my personal list of where it falls between X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Dark Phoenix, and X-Men 3. Like, where is it going to fall in that spectrum of bad? Should we watch it Saturday? I honestly think it's going to... Uh, I, I have reservations about... Like, if I were to go, it would be similar. Like, I know Alex went on a Thursday at 4 in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm more likely to want to take off, like, say, tell tell work I'm, I'm taking a half day or something and go to a theater on a tuesday afternoon at two in the afternoon where it is likely not to be as busy or 
so I figured out a trick. So Cineplex sells 50 seats in the theater, right? They sell them in groups of two with two seats between you and the next closest person. If you had 25 people that wanted to go to a movie you and you bought theater. one of those two seats, they would not sell that other seat. So if you had 25 or 24 friends to go see it with, you could buy every ticket in the auditorium and no one else would be able to buy a ticket. So you would see it with just those 25 people in a full auditorium. Dude, that sounds Big so, brain thinking. That sounds dope. <laughs> so what? So kind of funny, Toronto. When are we doing it? Okay. Uh, I'm not encouraging anyone to go to a theater right now. We should take I this offline. More, more or less making this a joke. Yeah. Let, let's take this offline, and we'll come back to hopefully being able to do events in the near future. Uh, Mitch, um, so let's segue out of movies in theaters and talk about watching things at home. Yes, sir. What do you got going I've been on? watching things at home. Many of things. The big thing is a High Score on Netflix. So this is a new video game documentary series, a short, Ooh. short, uh, limited series. And it's, at least from what I've seen thus far, I've seen like the first two episodes. It's really well done. It's comprehensive. So I'm learning things about it? it. I think it's six, but I could be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. So it's video game documentaries, but what does that mean exactly? Because that's it, very broad. It is just the history of the industry. So they're starting out with... Ooh. Okay. Atari being a thing, they they interview the lead developer of ET. Uh, we all know what that okay. did for the industry. Mm. They get uh, <laughs> people that have been involved with the Nintendo World Championship, and like the the, the apparently story- it's narrated by Charles Martinet. Yeah. Narrated by Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. This is it's really th- good. This um, these people they did a series about toys. Like action figures and stuff that was really oh good. the the is toys it? that made us yeah is the toys the that made people? us yes I believe so it's the same oh people. so is it also okay so also yeah, the, the movies toys that, that made us, us and the movies that made us yeah both of oh, those and both of those are phenomenal if you haven't seen those the oh, Power Rangers dope. episode specifically of the toys that made us is out of this world great I love it so they they find things about video games that I didn't know and I follow this industry pretty closely and it's it's been really good uh, watching along with that thus far and I'm looking forward to finishing it up. Sometime between now and me getting lost in Avengers. All right. So you have a day and a half from Pretty much. recording this. Um, I want to chat about a few things quickly. Uh, number one, I did a review. It went live today for Manifold Garden. Have you are you have you guys caught up on that? They snuck that one out. Um, that was in uh, the, the uh, Nintendo, Nintendo Indie Showcase or whatever. Or indie the Mini Direct. Yeah, the yeah. Indie Mini Direct launched that day. But essentially, it's um, a... P- I'm... I'm trying to not use the term portal-esque because I feel like we use that about too many games. But it's the first first first-person puzzle game. Yeah, first-person puzzle game. Is it possible to talk about first-person puzzle games and not bring up Portal? I feel like it's. I did that. I feel I'm looking at screenshots of this right now. I feel like it's partly the comparison comes because of the art style that this game has decided to choose it's very similar with like the with the massive use of white like because you can have first person puzzle games like the witness and people aren't comparing that to portal i I think it's specifically because a lot of these genre like these first person puzzle games are they just look like portal i don't remember if i talked about it last week did i bring up metamorphosis on the show last week yes okay that was the bug game and you're you're ahead of me you're you're a bug yeah, so, I mean, that was first-person puzzle platforming, and I didn't really draw any parallels with with Portal when I was playing mm-hmm. through that, but I think it's just that is the benchmark to which first-person puzzle games are being held. Even if they're not directly related, that is the pinnacle, 
and everything yeah. else, at least since or for the foreseeable future, will likely fall short. So watching the footage, though, there are a lot of sequences where it seems like you have to carry around a cube in front of you and use it to activate some sort of puzzle or waterway or something to that. effect. Yeah. So the cubes like the main puzzle aspect of when you're going through the game, um, really, um, it doesn't deviate from it too much. It uses the cubes in different manners. Uh, the big thing with it is that you shift gravity, um, uh, you shift gravity around um so you can be on any wall you want to by clicking on it and your floor kind of changes and then that gives you access to different cubes when you're trying to trying to get everywhere i think the big draw of the game is the art style i don't know if you guys saw from the trailer but it's stunning like the game's gorgeous um it, oh yeah it, it looks, looks very really striking good. with yeah. its colors very striking the the mc escher-esque uh, appearance of it uh, really goes a long way one of the things i almost want to say i appreciate i'm not sure i do but I want to say I do because I'm still not decided in my head. But there's no story to it. Um, I played... Uh, hmm. What was the game I played a few weeks ago? Subliminal. That came out for the Switch. Yeah. Superliminal. Superliminal. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it did a lot of really cool things with the puzzles. It didn't really repeat them, but... I felt the story was a bit of a letdown in the end. And as we talked, like it's hard not to compare, especially when you have stories to things like portal or the Stanley parable um, in terms of what storytelling you could do. And I've kind of felt flat near the end of it. Um, but um, this one, they just, it's completely devoid of any story. Like it's just this beautiful world that you're exploring and you're just kind of dropped in it and you go. So, and I think maybe instead of doing a half, like a half-baked story or story that doesn't just quite work out, maybe that's the way to do it. So, but a really interesting, really neat. I think it's on all the systems. I played it on Switch, but I think it's available on all the systems now. So, um, the other thing, I want to toot myself on the back. I have now 50 wins in Fall Guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm working on the five wins in a row in Fallible Trophy. And then I will if you need it. help, just let me know. Have you gotten four wins in a row? I have actually and I fucked up on the fifth one. You gotta wow. you gotta do it in a you gotta do it in a squad, honestly, because I played earlier this week with some friends in the little time I did have to spend with it this week. Mm -hmm. And we got to jump showdown. Okay, yep. And we ended up on the last platform of jump showdown. And there were three of us in the in the squad that were left and one other guy. Oh. So two of us from either side, we scissored the guy, grabbed him, bar took us. Our third team member got the win. It was glorious. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but you, uh, I, I just remembered back to something else I did this week, and that's that we hosted a watch party within the Kind of Funny Toronto group mm. uh, where we watched Black Panther in memory of the passing of Chadwick Boseman, which mm. I don't know about you guys, but it hit me particularly hard just because it kind of came out of nowhere. And oh, yeah. He did so much to advance the onstage or pop culture presence of black people in media and his uh, the, the, what he represents will never... Like, I don't know if we'll ever get another Chadwick Boseman in terms of the impact he's had. I hope we do, um, but it, it goes without saying that everything he's done has been phenomenal and he will be deeply missed and our condolences to him or his family and all those that were close to him as aj said I, um, at the beginning wakanda forever yeah wakanda forever mm -hmm. i want to just sort of say uh because i had like a really interesting reaction to it in the sense that like 
I because he he passed away from colon cancer yeah. that no one no one knew about. He he kept that very mm-hmm. personally like he, inside. He filmed six movies in four years, including three yeah. Marvel films, with friggin' the press tours and all the work that goes on yeah. outside of the actual filming. Mm-hmm. The, the guy was a legitimate superhero. Yeah, like and as. It, Go ahead. Just want to say quickly, in the wake of his death, of course, there was a infamous uh, interview passage that was going around where basically somebody was saying, so wait a minute, you bulked up for Avengers, then you bulked down for this other movie, and then you bulked up again. And he's like, yeah, it was really hard. And if I, you know, live to tell the tale, it'll be a hell of a story. And it, it is. It's just yeah, there's there's so much more context around things like that now that. Really interesting to see how his mindset was during during that time, because like, I don't want to exactly relate this essentially, but like I going through my leukemia treatment that destroyed me for two years where I wasn't capable of doing anything. And so to know that during this time he filmed six movies, three of them being some of the biggest movies in the entire world is no short of absolutely incredible and unfortunately i didn't get a chance to to watch black panther with you guys when you guys decided to to do it because i had a i had a weird sunday but um just like getting to to like the next time i watch him in in civil war or in black panther it's going to be this i think i i think it's going to be this really emotional experience of just like wow you you Sorry, I'm I'm a little lost for words with this, but no, it's just, it's okay. What what he what he did was was no short of amazing, and I really, I um there's there's a podcast that I listen to called Play Watch Listen with uh Troy Baker, and he compares it to what Bowie did, in the sense that it's like with Bowie how he released Lazarus and then passed passed away afterwards, and it's like he got to kind of make his legacy while he knew this thing was kind of like peering down on him and there's this there's there's really nice comfort with that even though he did pass way too young he 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 spent the years knowing he had what is for all intents and purposes a death sentence like colon cancer is no joke he was at stage three which is very if uh, you if you have any family history of colon cancer or you yourself are worried don't wait Get, get tested. Yep. It's that yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. It don't yeah. like don't like that's not something to play with. Um, but he took mm-hmm. the the last few years of his life where he knew there was not a lot of time left and delivered some of the most memorable performances and some of the most impactful for the black community. And for yeah. that, he will forever be remembered and cherished amongst many many of us. Um, I've said previously, Avengers Endgame is my favorite film of all time. I get emotional every time portals the portals scene happens. Um, and now it's just going to oh, have yeah. that extra I haven't been able to watch it yet be because I don't know if I'll get through that without breaking down and just bawling. Rachel and I watched it on the weekend, yeah. The specifically the end game at end scene and everything. And yeah. that, that scene specifically, yeah, it was, it was very powerful. Um, I wish there was a way for us to snap our fingers and have him walk through a portal again. If, that would be great. If I could have one memory erased from my brain and I could relive it, it would be seeing Endgame opening night and the cheers oh, yeah. in that auditorium. Yeah. 
Like yeah. it on Twitter, on Twitter after he passed, people were sharing the, like, the the hand cam videos that people had taken of that night, and it is this feeling that is almost unparalleled. I've never had it anything even remotely like it in a movie experience, mm-hmm. and you know, very likely yeah. we'll like, never have that again. All right. Yeah, and um, j- just really sorry, just really quick um, <laughs> on the same topic of also uh, r- just a reminder to to be better. Um, you know, yes. at, towards the start of the um, pandemic. pandemic and everything, uh, Chadwick Boseman tried to release some, you know, words of encouragement out on his social media feeds. Um, unfortunately, he was looking uh, thinner and a little more ill than uh, the previous time anybody had seen him publicly. Um, and he started getting called you know, horrible names yeah. and, and all that, uh, calling him out on it. And it's just like, you truly never know yeah. what somebody is going through. Yep. This is a good be reminder better. that, yeah, everyone has their own struggles that you might not be aware of, but just, you know, be if good. Yeah, if you're out there tearing people down because you yourself feel better by doing that, fucking get help because you have serious issues and that's not cool. Mm-hmm. It's not cool here. It's not cool anywhere. I exist on the internet and if I see that, I'm done with it. Just fuck, fuck right off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. Um, I just want to say quickly, cause I didn't get much of a chance to talk there. I hadn't seen black Panther. So I watched it with my boys on the weekend. It's a great film. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's really good. And if you haven't had a chance, soundtrack to watch it, is the soundtrack's great. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and just the whole, every, the cast is excellent. Like every single person, in the cast from Michael B. Jordan, um, um, to everybody, Andy Serkis, Andy Serkis, Peter Nyong'o, Martin yep. Freeman, Martin Freeman. Thank you, uh, Letitia Wright. Like, yeah. And also one other thing, the the man passed away. Don't immediately go to social media and figure, oh, what's next with my character that I love. No, that's not what matters right now. What matters right now is yeah. a phenomenal human being is no longer with us, and that's what we need to focus on. We can talk we about that from, in a few months. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's Give not a problem for yeah. today. That's a problem for six months from now, and. I just want to say, and, and I however, know people... however, uh, just however Marvel does it, they're going to do it respectfully. Yep. That's all that matters. Thank okay. you, Square Enix. Thank you, Crystal Dynamics, for knowing and acknowledging what happened this weekend. And in your war table this week, which we're not going to talk about because they won't let me, they acknowledged that their plans for the game had changed. That, and that out of respect for him and his family, that they were going to push their plans or do whatever they're doing. And that was the right move to make. So thank you, because we know it could have gone very poorly the other way. Yep. All right. I think it's time. Uh, we're 45 minutes in. We got to jump into the news <laughs> so that we can get to the fun. Um, so let's just talk about some of these news pieces. I don't think it's been an okay news week. Hopefully they're not huge pieces that we need to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about here There's only, yeah. is from Fanbyte. It's Ubisoft faces backlash over clearly fascist Tom Clancy's Elite Squad it. intro. <laughs> not um, again. From Dude, okay. Ubisoft can't be this blissfully ignorant while having all of this shit happening. The fact that it's just continuously thing after thing after thing like that, the controversies that they've been wrapped up in. They can't be this blissfully ignorant. I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. No, it, it, it's fine. This is the worst uh, PR. I just want to say, you know, it's kind of hilarious. 
uh, I just want to say, you know, Ubisoft games get criticized for, you know, dealing with hot button political issues and not really handling them with any kind of care or nuance. Yeah. But I feel like this goes a step further where more than just not dealing with a political issue with nuance, it feels like it's directly feeding into the more salacious aspects of online culture. It feels like it's directly feeding into the egos of people that perpetuate like conspiracy theories and racist like, if, if you really think beliefs if, about many of the kind of political movements that are sweeping the United States and the world right now. If you really think about it, uh, Tom Clancy games have always kind of been that way. It's just sure a lot of people have not necessarily been uh, that politically inclined uh, or, or really gave it much thought. Also, you know, the developers will always say, oh, no, well, no, it's, you know, I not political. Um, meanwhile, their game... The Some games two, are the most yeah, political game are, you could make. But we're not trying to be political. Yeah, it's literally set in Washington. Not political. Mm. Have we ever, like, I know EA has been named, like, the worst company in the world through online polls and stuff. Has a single a video dumb. game company ever had a worse PR year than Ubisoft is having this year? Uh, Bethesda well, had a I pretty mean, bad year in 2018 with Fallout 76. And not just because the no, game this, this was controversial, but, like... Konami yeah, was not politically true. charged in the way that Ubisoft's year has been, but I mean, I would argue that Konami's year was worse. I, I, 2015, yeah. Happened. Abuse, yeah. assault. Again, not as politically charged. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it political. In the same way, but... Bad human beings. So I want to be careful. Mm -hmm. I think there's people who make bad decisions. I don't want to say everybody at Ubisoft are bad human beings. No, um, yeah, I meant yeah, specifically. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, which feeds a little more who, into this story. Um... We, we, we've spoken in the past about how nepotism and, you know, you know the, the up-and-ups at Ubisoft, it's a boys' club. They're very tight. They've been there forever. The lead developer, the, yeah. the studio lead of this game is the son of Yves Guimau, who was appointed head of the studio upon graduating from university five years ago. You know, yeah. I used to take pride in being able to properly pronounce Yves Guimau, but now I don't know if I take pride in that. Might be time he stepped close. down. I, well, I, yeah, I, no, I think there, that there's been discussion to, like the leadership just needs to be, you know, tossed out with a with the laundry or whatever tossed out with the bathwater. The, there, there's been discussion as to whether or not uh, Yves Guimon needs to step down or not. And, you know, in the past, like even previously up to this point, um, you know, I, I, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, listen, yeah, all boys club or whatever you got rid of the, the, the bad actors for the most part and everything. But then hearing this, this is, this is his continues. son yeah. in charge of it. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Get rid of them all. Start it's kinda, fresh. It's kind of hilarious. Just how this stuff just keeps coming. I like how yeah. it was, what was it? Two years ago, there was that uh, attempted takeover of Ubisoft where there was that yeah, like, yeah, and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. And everyone was like, no, you know, Ubisoft, grassroots company, let's make sure that they stay independent and keep their image and everything. In hindsight, they probably shouldn't have stuck to that image. Yeah, but I also, yeah. I, I think that's different, yeah. though. Like, oh, this host no. the hostile takeover would have done would have done bad things for Ubisoft in the, like, what they make and all in that the, Yeah. I, but, I like, know, but we might like, not have heard these stories if management had changed, which that likely would have led to. So. Okay. I don't know. Well, we'll never know. Well, can I um, can I just say one thing? Yeah. Mm. Fuck the people that do this kind of stuff at Ubisoft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say mm -hmm. uh, we do have an Ubisoft forward coming up. We'll have to make a decision if we want to react to that or not. 
uh, it has their retitled. I, mean, I I didn't I wasn't gonna react to it in the first place, okay. so I'm like, not interested. Definitely want to watch it, you know, when it does happen. We yeah. talk about it after. Maybe we'll pop again. over into the yeah. pop over into the kind of funny Toronto Discord and just voice chat there. So, Sweet, but I don't know if we need to stream. Okay. Uh, we can I'm curious out. of what whatever Gods and Monsters is now. Immortal. That Phoenix new name Rising is so something. terrible. I like Gods and Monsters. I think it was a good name. Okay, so regardless, <laughs> until Ubisoft does something stupid again, and I'm sure we'll be talking about them in inevitably. Two weeks, um, yeah. Let's move on from Ubisoft <sighs> terrible news. Come on, Ubisoft, do better. To some good news. Yes, this is some good yeah. news. Yeah. So up. this is good news. Um, Nvidia is yeah. launching the GeForce. RTX uh, 390s, 380s, and 370s. And from everything yeah, I can this. see, they're a fantastic value proposition on the old uh, 2020 line. You know who's yeah. not happy this about is... seeing this? In all fairness, when we built <laughs> Someone PC, building a PC, we didn't care about Also, this. we warned you. I we know. T- I told you. We did tell I you told this. You. No, like, I know. We knew it, this was happening this year. It's two or three years down the road. It's fine. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest surprises from this whole NVIDIA like reveal that they had, because we knew that there were going to be new graphics cards, and the assumption was going to be the 380, mm-hmm. because this is how that's how they've done it in the past, where they did, like, when they did the 2080, and then the next year they did the 2070, and then the 2060. So the fact that they're, like, that they unveiled three new cards that are all at different, like, they're all at, like, for price to performance, they're really, 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 they're really, like what you said, good oh my value God. propositions. Like, mm-hmm. the, insanely. The 30, the 30, let's start from the bottom. The 3070 alone, right? It, yeah. So you've got the 2080 Ti, which is their 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 most their powerful yeah. one, their flagship their right now. Yeah. Um, for, for, like, in the, the, the current series. Um, and it, you know, however, slightly, still outperforms the most expensive option of the previous series and undercuts the price by almost two thirds. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the biggest, like with the, um, when they did the 1080 TI a couple years ago, and then they had the RTX line for like the 2070, the 1080 TI was still like, still compared very, very well to the 2070. Mm -hmm. Like they were the only, the only big difference was the RTX lighting or the ray tracing, so that would be the reason why you'd upgrade. But like, the fact that f- at least how they're touting it, that the performance on even the the bottom tier of the three hundred li- of the three thousand line is the fact that it's going to be that much better than like what you were saying the twenty eighty Ti. I, oh man, it I I looked at those cards real hard, and when pre orders go live, I um I'll need someone to stop me. PS five will <laughs> stop you. Okay, that's true. I did decide. I actually did decide. You brought up a good point when we when we were talking about it a little bit earlier. PS Five will get me new experiences, but goddamn, I want that ray tracing for for Cyberpunk. What oh card do you God. have right now? I have a ten seventy, oh. so no ray tracing. Okay, yeah, you can that's come the, play it on my I, PC. I've had this. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want, if I'm allowed to just sit there for twenty four hours, as long straight, as you wear a mask. And, yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll, I've got I've got some disposable gloves too. I don't really mind that as much, but mask would be a thing. I might uh, try to um, pick up a use. My guess is the market's going to be flooded with used twenty cards. hundred so. yeah. percent. 
Um, yeah, I'm totally planning on. I'm, it's not a twenty car, but I'm totally. I I am thinking about selling mine uh, to potentially fund a three thousand so, or a, th- a three seventy. A thirty seventy. Yeah. Thirty seventy. Yeah. So this this will be interesting, but it's a lot of good stuff. I'm curious to see what AMD does in retail. Well, I don't want to say in retaliation, but AMD has to show off their new stuff for their. Yeah. I mean, like the that's the what the PS five is. No. Well, the PS5 uses AMD chipset. That's a custom, but it's a yeah, custom chipset made card. for each the yeah. PS5 and the Xbox because they believe yeah. they're yeah. both AMD. But I mean, that is really do... the competition right now, right? It is the the other skews essentially of are you going to go PC or are you going to go console? It's good on Nvidia to get this news out before we get the price release date and pre-orders for the Series X, presumably the Series S and the PS5 because. Now consumers really do have a choice, and that's probably, honestly, what drove some of the business decision to drive down these prices. Because if they can undercut those new systems, it's, do you want a brand new box, or do you want to just upgrade your existing rig? There's nope. now a better I think, debate I think that's there. a different... I think there's a, I think it's a different market that they're that they're going for. I, I don't think anybody who was convinced that they were going to buy a PS5 and then saw that graphics card wasn't going to... That's not going to sway them. Except it's, you. it's a different... It's a different mindset. Yeah, um, I think um, I've seen in a few Facebook groups and stuff people talking about, well, why would you buy a console? Because now you can get these graphics cards. And I think at, still with your minimum entry point of four ninety nine just for the card, um, that's yeah. your console gamer is going to be completely different. Because at four ninety nine for the card, you're still looking at a minimum of fifteen hundred dollars to build the PC probably. Um, and get yeah, because if you're pieces. getting one of the if you're getting one if you're getting one of these cards, you have to have a PC that also can perform every other task yeah. in line with this. Well, card. and a monitor and that cool, takes and advantage cool of it. That's true. Yeah. Like, there's that's that's another thing is like I don't have a 4K monitor, so it's like I'd want to I'd want to wait until I upgrade that before I'd get. I think you're probably better off with a new monitor it. and then upgrading the card once you've got that. There's no reason to go the other way around. It's a ch- it's a chicken egg thing because it's like, yeah, my graphics card could maybe do 4K, but not great. And so it's like it's a it is like a well, which do I do first? Because if I get a if I get the graphics card, then my I can run stuff really well, but then I don't have a monitor. So it, what it's what will work messy. is you're planning on getting a PS5 because of the experiences Damn. you can only get there. That will be a not 4K else. device. There's no reason then not sure. to upgrade the monitor if you wanted to stream it or whatever the case might be. Uh, and then you get the graphics card. I love talking about things that with money that I just don't have right now. We'll oh, help you great. out. That's why we're doing this, right? This is going to make us the love big the bucks. Fun get source. Get us yeah. sponsorships, those partnerships. NVIDIA, you know, we'd love to review your Raid new cards. Raid Shadow Legends. I've already read your ad once. Uh, yeah, fun story <laughs> about uh, saving money for the PS5. My wife uh, wants to go on a purge kick and get rid of lots of stuff in the house that we just don't use or need. Um, instead of donating it all, sale. I've convinced her to and sell your, it. Your stuff was the first on the list um, to go. She wanted to get rid of my hats. She says 120 is too many hats. And I'm like, no. How many have you worn hats. so far today? T- yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've switched like six times Wait, during this podcast. I've got way so more. I figured you'd do. I like that hat. That hat's dope. Okay. For those who don't see it, it's a it's a white X Men hat with like the is it pink or red? Uh, X purple, symbol, isn't it? purple. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the purple X Men. It's uh, great. Well, it's, yeah, it's the purple X Men logo. I got lots of cool hats, um, but uh, I dug them out for the superhero show. I thought it'd be fun to switch through them during the superhero show. I think I've got about fifteen of them here. So, 
Well, it'd be great if you could have like a hat for every specific kind of game that you discuss. Like, here's my X Men hat. Here's my Infinite oh, hat. That, he probably that he probably has my beautiful Joe hat. Um, I was say he probably has too many Spider Man and Batman hats, which aren't allowed to be included. Uh, I already wore Spider Man hat and uh, Bat Zero hat. I think so. Yes, you um, did. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, this is good news about uh, the NVIDIA cards. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, more of that and how AMD responds and what happens to the marketplace. Um, and let's finally touch base on uh, what's going on with Apple and Fortnite. So this is coming to us uh, from Reuters from Stephen Nellis. Um, Apple ter- Reuters. Apple terminates Fortnite creators App Store account as lawsuit proceeds. This is everything we already knew that was going to happen. The one thing that is different here is that they did not terminate the developer accounts so that people developing can still use yeah. the Epi- uh, the Unreal uh, Engine. Um, I'm a, judge, a judge that ruled that's, on that. Yeah, a judge ruled that um, they cannot do that because, you know, the, that would screw over other people, not just Epic. Um, so this just essentially means that infinity no blade and epic all that published stuff. games or yeah infinity blade and anything that epic has done specifically uh cannot be um published their developer account is gone but they can still use the tools uh, the tools yeah. and stuff to support other developers who are just making uh games using the unreal yeah. engine so, but anything that Epic has produced, including uh, dating back to Infi- Infi- Infinity Blade, which um, I think that was actually a miss when we did the best mobile games. Uh, we should have had... It was I, important, okay, for sure. Here's the thing. I thought about it, but because it wasn't available, it's not... Uh, I don't think any of them are available now in the App Store because they discontinued them. Oh, really? Like, before... I, I think before, there was at least yeah, one was that was be- still there. It might have been... The I would have let but- you have it... Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I would have let you select it. If yeah, well, Mitch was the, the host, about, and he had a very he brought that up uh, Nick, to one of your points. And so I, I'm like, Mitch I is think a bit. That, that love you too. If somebody had brought up Infinity War last week, I feel like it would have certainly enriched the conversation. The thing about Infinity Blade, though, is that like I feel like that was part of a very specific breed of games that came and went, yeah. where developers were trying to really, really, really Hard, make the yeah. iPhone into a legitimate uh, platform, like platform yeah. for AAA mm-hmm. games. It was the same period of time where they released Rage for the iPhone, and that game was like a pretty comparable port to its console editions. And like, not to say that you know it wasn't important at the time, not to say that they weren't great games, but I feel like because they didn't really succeed in ushering in this era of console quality games on smartphones is it really one of the most important iPhone games of all time it was or is it it was showing the power that the iPhone yeah. had at the time i think it was back in 2010 but very quickly people realized that's not the type of experiences people wanted on mm-hmm. on phones and uh, so you didn't need uh, super powerful uh, engines and devices to have games that people will get invested in and spend lots of money on microtransactions. I remember playing it on my iPod Touch, um, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, man. Rest in peace. Um, They still make those, don't they? No, they don't. They discontinued them. Did they, actually? pretty sure. Oh, wow. I thought they were still making them. pretty sure. At this point, the iPod Touch would be exactly the same as the phone anyways. It just doesn't have the phone part. Yeah. So, and kids nowadays, the, the other problem is those kids you'd be given an iPhone Touches to just get the old phones when you upgrade. So, yeah, 
I don't know. I mean, the thing though, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of kids that were playing Fortnite on iPod touches just to bring it back to what we were talking, actually talking about in Fortnite. And I'm actually more surprised. We didn't see more backlash from consumers when the Marvel, um, uh, something war. I don't remember. I don't know what it's called. It's dumb, but the Marvel crossover event dropped in Fortnite and that dropping basically blocked access to any, iOS client from actually connecting to the game. I'm surprised we didn't hear more about that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I mean, we didn't the, get like, the, new stories. The, 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 that just means it worked. Their, their whole marketing play worked. It, it, there's, they didn't face the backlash because Apple is getting the backlash, but I don't know. Good so the seventh generation iPod Touch released on the Apple Store as an online-only product on May 28th, 2019. Okay. So they're still around and kicking as far as I can tell. Okay. Fair enough. I, I was wrong about that. Yeah, because, like, I, I mean, I haven't been to an Apple store this year, but the last time I went into one, I just hadn't really seen, like, I don't know. It feels like they just don't talk about that specific product anymore. Like, if you go to Apple's website, uh, you can't even, they don't even, like, have it in, like, the top layer. It's, like, it says, like, Mac, iPhone, iPad. Like, it's just not even there. All right. It is on the site, though. I'm looking at it from 250 yeah. Canadian dollars. Interesting. All right. Fair well, enough. good to know. Um, okay, so then that brings us out of the news. Not as much news this week. Uh, we have one in read slash watch all the things. We're not going to get into the weeds on it, but definitely an article you should go read from Vice, uh, from Lorenzo Franceschi Bicciari. Uh, as <laughs> someone on. whose Italian fiance is watching the show... You're in trouble. But, but I can call my mom if you want. She's Italian. She can help um, us out. But anyways, it's uh, Amazon is hiring intelligence analysts to track. You didn't say whether I should call uh, my mom. Let's not. We're running long already. Okay. Next time. We should have an <laughs> episode where we just yeah. call our parents and ask them questions about video games that they don't know. That could be fun. I called my Maybe. mom one time on the show, didn't I? Yeah. Hold on. Um, I'm, I'm, call, I'm calling in a ringer. Show. I'm calling in a ringer. I need, What's the title of this article? I need you to read this <laughs> name for us. After Nathan reads the title of the article. Okay. Amazon is hiring an intelligence analyst to track labor organizing threats. There we go. Francesi Bichari? That sounds right. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I said. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, just really quick, um, you know, I, we're using Twitch, uh, which is an Amazon-owned platform. Um, For now, That at doesn't least. mean that we sh cannot and should not be allowed to uh, call Amazon out on their shit. Uh, Amazon has a, a, build, a, fact, a warehouse factory, a warehouse in uh, my town of Bolton, um, and the stories coming out of there are still pretty shitty, even here in Canada. Um, and this is just, uh, even worse. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's bad news for, uh, people, uh, and workers and people should be allowed to organize and not be abused by their, uh, employment. Mm. I agree with this. Um, I, I think it's probably most people agree with it, maybe except the people who are in charge. 
Um, yeah, exactly. So, so just give give that a read. I think it's important to know um, and be aware of what's going on, especially because we do have Amazon in um, local in Ontario here. Uh, it looks like we have no deals raining this I week. Got it's one. a pretty dry week for the deals. I, I got one. Uh, there's Mitch a new got PSN one. sale. Oh, um, yes, the essential sale. The, the essential sale, uh, I would say the highlight, Ratchet & Clank, is $10. If you have not played this Ugh. game, get this game. It's one of the best games on the system. Probably one of the best platformers that Sony's ever produced. Play Ratchet & Clank on the PS4. Uh, that is exciting. $10. Yes. I need to play it. Um, I as well have an essential that I would like to call out from the essential sale. Uh, give me two seconds here to pull my list up for it. Uh, because if we're going to quote that, there was something that caught my eye. Uh, now it is here. Uh, as a PlayStation Essential, you must play Skyforge and get Skyforge money. So, um, I don't think a lot of these I'm are essentials. Oh, yeah, and Tour de France 2020, that's an essential as well. Okay, Red Dead's in there for $35. I might actually pick that up because Alex is going to make me play it. Good deal. Um, Am I? I don't know, maybe. The Quantic Dream Collection, even though they can be kind of terrible people as well. as uh, Detroit's a good game. No, I meant, I meant more so the developers can be kind oh, of scummy. Oh, yeah, David, uh, yeah, David Cage is eight, not That's 18.50. Persona 5 Royals, Detroit's 52. Good, Neo's $10. Yes. Nino Kuni 2 is $20. Uh, Spider-Man Game of the Year Edition is 25 There's good stuff in there. There's some good stuff and some really terrible non-essential stuff. So Correct. Yes. Anyways, so let's move on. So we're going to uh, go right into topic of the show now. So yeah. we are going to be doing 5x5. Five five. Guys, did you see the 5x5 five five thing I created? It's called Rankum. Thank you oh, very Rankum, much. Oh, Rankum. Sorry, we changed it. I did it. not see it. Uh, I forgot to do that. I did everything else to prepare for the show and didn't do that, so I apologize. Uh, sorry. Mine says best superhero movie, actually. It's in the folder. That's incorrect. I'm going to change the title of it right now. <laughs> so while Nathan's doing that, I will explain that Rankum is our game yeah. where the hosts that are not hosting the show uh, give That's Nathan me. things to put onto a list, and he decides where they go, and based on where they go, we get points, and everyone gets mad at each other, usually at me. It's great. Uh, it's a very fun game. Uh, I enjoy it thoroughly. Although I haven't been in the driver's seat for a little while, but you know what? Oh, this you're means? gonna have a good time with this one. I, like I can't lose the salt that we generate. So because I am not playing, unless at the end I just <laughs> decide to declare myself the winner, which so, I would not put past you. Um, yeah. It's in my thought process potentially. You ruined the surprise. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> you were gonna do that. Um, Coward. I should. Sorry. Where's the where? Anyways, the, the doc. Did you make it? Yeah, it's in the folder. Yeah. Can oh, you guys see I don't, it? I don't see it. Yeah, no, Cozy's yeah, in it in ages. There's a Rankin. section on the side of Google Drive that just shows you recently um, oh, I will do that updated files and just grab it yeah. from there. Okay. Rankin dash best superhero game that does not feature Batman or Spider-Man. We are not titling the show that. That is way too long for SEO. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so let's uh, get on. I don't have a rhyme or a reason. I didn't do a lot of prep today. So this is going to be really off the cuff, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, because Mitch is not did not participate in the last one, I believe, as he was the host, I'm going to let him go first. All right. Oh, boy. Give me a second. Interesting. <sighs> I'm going to stretch. Marvel's Avengers. He's only played it for the beta, but it's still going to be his number this one. This game released exclusively... In the Japanese market, 
in March Ooh. of 1999. This game featured a mascot of a well-known Western company and tried to use said mascot to get a larger market share in that new kind of, you know, market that it wasn't didn't have as strong of a foothold in. Uh, basically tried to create the... Is it Pepsi it's Man? It's 100% Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man is the game I'm bringing to this list. <laughs> so Pepsi Man features Pepsi Man, the titular character, as a uh, superhero based on the Pepsi brand. Uh, the game was akin to those such as Crash Bandicoot. It was kind of shorter. It really was just a marketing thing. Uh, but ultimately... Hold on, let me get some gameplay. Yeah, go for it. Uh, ultimately, it, uh, it actually didn't review terribly, which is the funny thing. Uh, people did lament it for being a little short, but ultimately it seems like it was a well enough made game. And it's not Batman and it's not Spider-Man, so it definitely belongs on the list. Is he a yeah, superhero, though? He's got man in I mean, his name. That makes him a superhero. What's your definition of a superhero? Who is he saving? Okay. I mean, I Wikipedia, like, here's the thing. It says that this is based on the American carbonated soft drink Pepsi's epitomous superhero mascot. Pepsi Man was deemed a superhero. Therefore, this is a superhero game. Therefore, you can go suck a lemon and Pepsi Man's going on this list. So I'm going to agree with Mitch yes. uh, in this case, partially because I have an entry coming up that I <laughs> also feel is kind of borderline. And so I want to make sure that a precedent is set so I can make sure that mine is You're accepted welcome, as well. You're welcome, Cozy. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a superhero game, albeit an Okay, you know what? One. I'm going to let this pass. This can make the list. And um, you know what, Mitch? Just because I like you and uh, I don't think you played last time and I want to make you feel good internally, I'm going to put this at number one. Okay, I will also say that the final moments of the game parodied Terminator 2, and just for that alone, it deserves to be somewhere high on the list. Has anybody actually played this game? Hell no! It's Japanese it only and released Rolf. on the PS1. Oh, okay. James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, played it in one of his videos. Interesting. Which is where I discovered actually. it. Actually, oh, yeah. That, and I think... Uh, Jared Petty was tweeting about Pepsi Man this week, so I knew it had to come up on the show in, in some <laughs> fashion. And if Cozy didn't do that it, I was going to. Sounds about right for Jared. All right. Um, okay, so we now have uh, starting of list Pepsi Man number one. So AJ, what do you got? Hi. All right. Um, well, um, I remember years ago being very addicted to uh, a yield flash game of your, um, which is, uh, you know, flash games are, are getting uh, unsupported soon, but there are, are ways that you can actually play them now. One being using a program called Flashpoint. Um, the game I want to bring to the list, um, it's not Batman. Um, it's... Teen Titans. Um, there was a f Teen Titans fighting Flash game called Battle Blitz uh, on the Cartoon Network uh, website years ago. Um, and it was surprisingly robust. It's just a 2D fighter where you play as uh, Robin, you play as Beast Boy, you play as Raven, you play as uh, Starfire, you play as Cyborg, and you just kick the crap out of... Um, all, all the enemies in uh, the Teen Titans universe. Um, and it's based off the really good show with the Japanese uh. theme song um, and everything. Um, yeah, that was, I was going to ask. Yeah, it's ba it's based off that um, from the, the mid-2000s. Oh, this so, isn't even uh, off Teen Titans Go. This is off the original Teen Titans. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, the original Teen Titans. Yeah. 
which makes it even better in my opinion. Did it have the voice actors oh, yeah. from the from the show? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm not sure if it had the voice acting or not, but it definitely had the theme song in there. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what? That that's, that's probably more a, important than. Yeah, all than it really acting. needs is that theme song because that slaps. Yeah, it's, yep. it's still well, yes. fucking awesome. So, oh, uh, just, just as a weird aside, I went down a, a rabbit hole of like watching anime intros from the late '90s, early 2000s. Y'all remember Shaman King? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. That now I that intro was that intro was a good one. I'm just gonna say. All right. Um, okay, so this one here, AJ, I've got to figure out where to put it on the list here. I feel mm -hmm. like. I really like the Teen Titans, and I think this is a good pick as I really like the show as well. I feel like it should be above Pepsi Man. No. So I'm going to put you at number one. Boo. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Interesting. I this love list is already off to a great start. So <laughs> I guess I've got to do the list here. Teen Titans. Can somebody do the list while I talk? Battle Blitz. I would, but I still can't see it because <laughs> I know how it works, but I don't. I just don't see it in the drive. I don't know why. Yeah, all right, I'll link it. I'll link it in Discord. All right, and then I can okay. I can run that. That's not a problem. Okay, we good? All right, I got it. It's gonna take a while so. to load, but momentarily. Uh, well, can't wait till we build your Should new build computer. build a computer or something. Oh, that's gonna be so yeah. Scary. Really, God, I need it. Okay, Alex. Hello. What do you got? Okay, so. What defines superheroes and a game that is about them? Sorry, can well, I can I say it's... one thing before we move on? Uh-huh. Not featuring Batman or Spider-Man, does that mean that character cannot be in the game at all or they just cannot be the star of no, the No, they game? Can, they can they can be in it, it just can't be it, a Batman it, game or a Spider-Man. It should okay. have their name just, in the okay. title. Okay. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. I think just that's clarifying. a good way to to go about yeah. it. Yeah. If yeah. it doesn't have right. their name um, in the title, you're good. Cool. Yeah. So Superheroes. What what defines a superhero? Well, you have powers. A lot of them are open world games where you can go around a city, and the best ones allow you to interact with the civilians, both in positive and negative ways. The game that I am talking about is Prototype. Oh, nice. Prototype is a fucking phenomenal game where you just get to just have your power fantasy of just going through uh, the city of New York and especially in the, the first few hours of the game before it like becomes like the, the zombie infested thing you're still just like you get to fly around as Alex Mercer you get to eat people which is awesome what other game lets you eat people any game that features That's my venom answer, prototype because you get to eat wait people. is there a silence of the lambs game because you might be able to eat people in that game I don't know oh wait carry on you get to eat people in carry on that's true, and isn't that one of the most satisfying things that you get to do in that game? Yeah. It's equally as satisfying in Prototype. Remember when you get to fucking surf on people and you turn them into a bloody mess? It's awesome. It's the ultimate. It's a really, really great power fantasy where you get to have superpowers and just do whatever you want, like how anyone who would have these powers would do it. You just get to run them there up. Was a, Prototype's there great. Was a sequel I can't to wait to argue too, against right? that later. Prototype, yeah, Prototype. I, I, I think Prototype 2 was fine mechanically the story wise was fucking dumb to be fair the first game was also pretty dumb but that's not why you're coming to play it but i think it's a little bit tighter mechanically but it they're both they're both very very good like mid like 
B double like, A double A game. That's that's what yeah, I was thinking. Double of. A. Yeah, double A game. I missed the double A tier. Yeah, this is a game I missed. I think yeah. it was a PS3 game, right? Yeah, it was PS3, Xbox 360, mm, but they did get ported to PS4. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I might have Yeah, I think they both did. Yeah, I'm together. pretty sure both of them are. As a package. Yeah, they came in like a pack. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, where do I put this on the list? So, I feel like it should sit... Honestly, I'm going to put it at number three below Pepsi Man. That's my boy. Can you eat people in Pepsi Man? Uh, I think Pepsi Man might be a cannibal. I mean, he goddamn better be. Um, that, that's possible. Um, all right. All right. Uh, perfect. Cozy. Hit me up. So I got to be honest. I'm kind of shocked that nobody here went out of the gate and said an infamous game. So I'm going to take the opportunity. I chose the better about... one. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take the opportunity I was on Team Prototype here. because I only had a 360 to talk about a little game called Infamous First Light. So Infamous First Light follows the character of Fetch, uh, who was introduced over the course of Infamous Second Son's narrative. In Infamous Second Son's narrative, I want to like Fetch more than she's portrayed there. I think that she's an interesting character and that she uh, supplies Delson with a really cool neon-based power. However, I feel like her backstory, as it's presented in Second Son, is a little bit overly simple and cliche basically it's just drugs ruin my life and that's about it i feel like infamous first light in addition to providing providing a gameplay experience that was even more refined than second sun actually managed to take her backstory and flesh it out and make it more and more about uh, like basically just make it more of a fleshed out and interesting experience that was more than just oh drugs screwed up my life uh stakes run high a brother's uh, in need of saving and overall by the end of it I came out of it with a just much greater respect for Fetch as a character than I had previously yeah so um, I think First Light is probably the best infamous game actually yeah and I, yeah. I'd agree with that um, I, I really like First Light I think Fetch as a character was excellent and um, I think this stand the fact that this was a standalone piece of content um, and really took what was the best power from Second Son and built it into its own yeah, game yeah the neon power yeah the great. neon power by far was the best power like once you had it like I didn't don't think I played as any other character type unless it was needed uh, for anything yeah. specific I would always hmm. be in uh, this so yeah you know what um, I think this is a good call uh, I think we picked the best infamous game here so I'm glad to see that so cozy good job we're gonna put this uh, right at number one that's All fair right. there we go that's how it's done boys alright that's not the best infamous game, but uh, and I mean, you, well, you're you free can bring to bring up, up the best infamous yeah, game later. Yeah, I could, but that's we too much infamous on the list. How about that, Mitch? Yeah, also, I'm no, the person Mitch, judging the list, sure? so if you bring up what you think is the best infamous game, that might not work if I already said what I think the best infamous game is. That is also true. I did think of that. So, um, all right. Uh, so, Mitch, it is your turn, so I'm going to let you go again. All right. Now... A superhero is someone, you know, against all odds, given uh, extraordinary abilities, tasked with saving the day, saving the princess. Is it oh, Mario? No, it's not Mario. we're talking about Sora, and the game is Kingdom Hearts. Now, 
Are we talking Goodbye, about? Alex. Hold on. Are we talking about Kingdom Hearts one? <laughs> one. We're talking or Kingdom three. Hearts one. So, the oh, see, hold on a second here. I I was actually thinking, well, I could bring up Kingdom Hearts three and talk about the Big Hero Six world because that's based off of a superhero property. But you're not even doing that. No, I'm not. I'm bringing up Kingdom Hearts one because the story of Kingdom Hearts one is, you know, star-crossed lovers separated. Uh, extraordinary powers gifted to someone who doesn't know how to use them learns how to use them this is basically a spider-man story without it being spider-man and at the end of it he is tasked with rescuing the princess like he's he's saving the damsel in distress that is uh, as stereotypical as it may be that is what superheroes are more often than not tasked with doing and for that reason, Kingdom Hearts is a great superhero game. It has that same fantasy of these extraordinary abilities, these crazy powers, far off worlds to explore, all this stuff. It's a great superhero game. It's a great superhero narrative. And Kingdom Hearts needs to be on this list. So I'm convinced I, that you and Alex Ballant are in league with each other to slowly besmirch the noble name of Kingdom Hearts. No, cozy, legitimately, I love Kingdom Hearts. I came back and you were saying that it is a it is essentially the Spider-Man story arc, and I wanted to just get up and leave again. I, I was this close, and I came back and I heard that. That was the first fucking thing I heard when I put my headphones. So back. can I make a ruling on if this? This isn't number thirteen on the list, then this is a fucking shitty so list. So let me make a ruling Alex. here. I'd like to make a ruling on this. Um, so based on what you've, uh, the criteria you gave me of what a superhero game, or what you believe a superhero is, Mario's a superhero. Uh, it's such sure. a loose term that everybody can be a superhero because Mario gets powers. Mario saves a princess. Mario yeah. saves a universe. Um, I do not believe that qualifies as a superhero uh, game. Uh, so I'm going to do what I think is right. As much as I enjoy Kingdom Hearts, um, mostly I can when put, I, can I can do something else. Then if it. you feel like it, if you feel it doesn't meet the criteria, I can give you something else. I just wanted to see Alex's reaction for the most part. Okay. I'm going to give you an, one opportunity to change. This is your, uh, one gimme this. Everybody will have a gimme if I feel they need it. Uh, so okay. this is your one okay, gimme. Cool. Niche. So give me a replacement for Kingdom Hearts. Cause I do not believe that that should be on the list at all. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game, oh, we is a phenomenal earlier. superhero game. The Super Sentai characters, as they're known in Japan, that that franchise, is it is a superhero fantasy. It is, you know, five, sometimes six ordinary teenagers given extraordinary powers, tasked with saving the world from the evil thing of the week. It, it, it is a superhero fantasy. In this case, yes, Ivan Ooze being the, the main antagonist of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, it, it's an interesting story. I could get into the whole, you know, history of that film, how it got made, how it really shouldn't have gotten made because it was mostly a Western production for a, an Eastern property, but we won't get into that. The game itself, uh, developed by, Kon no, not Konami. I had it. Uh, Bandai. Bandai, yeah, yes. This one Bandai, was Bandai. Side-scroller, beat him up, given the ability to morph halfway through the levels, which is always fun. Pick your favorite ranger. For me, it was usually Tommy, but sometimes if I had friends over, you know, it'd be Rocky or Billy it's, at times. I'm quite the Billy. Um, and, yeah, it was just a blast. Side-scroller, beat him up, superhero weapons, powers, transformations, giant robots, monsters. What else do you want out of a superhero game? It's great. Okay. Um, yeah, this should be on the list. Uh, I love Power Rangers superheroes. It's been a franchise for a bazillion years. Um, there haven't been many great Power Ranger games. Um, this is a, 
okay beat em up. I remember playing this as a younger kid. Um, where do I put? I've it still got my this? copy. If you want to give it a shot one of these days, um, I'm gonna say let's put it under Pepsi Man. So number really? four. Okay. He did say it's an okay beat em up. Like you weren't gonna get that much points for that one. No, but one. Pepsi Man Just because it's Power Rangers. Pepsi. So yeah, what? Yes, I'm, I'm surprised honestly that Pepsi Man is still at number three. I just think it's a fun novelty, and I have a feeling it's going to change when we do the uh, um, the rebuttals. Fair. So, uh, so I want to leave a little room for that. All right, uh, AJ, I believe you're up next. All right. Um, so. The next game I'm going to pitch here is uh, the fourth game in a, a franchise. The first one started off as a, a unapologetic uh, knockoff of the Grand Theft Auto series. They tried to do it their own way. Um, the second one kind of followed suit, um, just kind of doubled down on that idea. The third one took it in a completely new direction and really opened it up and ma made a, a very kind of amazing... S splash on the world where do you go from there when you've already created one of the 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 greatest open world games of all time you give them superpowers saints row 4 um your character and uh all the people of the city that you play in are, are downloaded into this matrix-like world by these aliens that have visited earth um and you as the president of the united states are the only one capable uh, to say of saving them, um, you've been granted these superpowers in this matrix-like world to do with as you please, and it, it what it does is it creates this really amazing open-world sandbox that just kind of un lets you unleash your, your your imagination in in ways that the third one limited to real world um, real world. Uh, limited, limited to the the craziness of the the Saints Row the Third, um, kind of didn't give you, and it just took it that next step further. It, it's really the jump the shark moment for that series. Um, probably not as good as the third one in the series, but as a superhero fantasy game, absolutely stands up there with the rest of them. Okay, this is an interesting pick because um, I know they did really focus on being a superhero. Now my most important question is there a giant purple dildo bat in this game yeah four still yeah. had that yeah it's still okay had number it. one all right perfect <laughs> you just wait wow. for those goddamn rebuttals <laughs> you know what i'm all for it it's four is fucking awesome no it's so not it's not even the best open like world it. game on this list so saints row 4 is interesting because i remember when it came out people were kind of lukewarm on it but I feel like in the years since, it's managed to kind of endure in a way I think a lot of people weren't really expecting. It feels like a lot of people kind of look back on it fondly. And I wonder if that has to do with, like, ironically, how different uh, and how much people kind of compare it disapprovingly to Saints Row mm -hmm. 3. Where the fact that it was such a radically different experience, such a departure from 3, actually allowed it to kind of thrive and be remembered more in the long term. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. And the Gat Out of Hell, that was a standalone game, right? Yeah, that one was yeah. very good. Yeah. 
It's a good thing I didn't pick that, that one. That was the one where you were literally sent to hell, right? You had to, like, negotiate with yeah, the devils you, yeah. or something. Yeah, you had to play... Yeah, you played as Johnny Gat in I hell, played a little bit of had, that like, one. Angel Powers. Because I don't think I played the Saint, for The Saints Row games are meh open world games at best. So... Okay, so this is Mitch's last show because that's a terrible opinion. I'm, I'm taking a couple weeks also, off. I'm taking a couple weeks off after dildo. next week's show, so I'm gonna get spicy. Don't you worry. Oh, dildo bat. All right. Big purple dildo yeah, bat. Yeah, that's what gets it the number one position. That's for sure. Um, I'm all for all right. Uh, so AJ, so a- Alex. All right. So. This is a game that again we we're continuously because we have to think a little bit more broadly about what a superhero game is a little bit because unfortunately there's just not as many that don't involve batman or superman or that are like that are not batman or superman games so you have to get a little bit spider-man there are no good superman games exploring well just you wait motherfucker um exploring the exploring the idea of what a superhero is and the themes of responsibility and standing up to people who are taking advantage of bad people and it's a gifted individual who uses these powers bestowed onto them to to do good things and you're never going to see it coming because it's persona 5 royal persona 5 royal is technically a superhero game because you are a teenager that has been gifted extraordinary powers and you use them for good while still trying to question your own morality of are you doing the right thing and you stand up to all that is evil in the world and you just you you even have like you have literal like your persona of having uh being joker that is your superhero outfit there's so many parallels to to what makes what makes up a superhero and what happens in Persona 5. I think it's a good pick. What do you think, Nathan? Huh. Persona 5 is a superhero game, so is Kingdom Hearts, you motherfucker. Not really. Yeah, there's really. Actually, there's actually more... There's way more merit for mine no, there than isn't. yours. Yeah, so... I really like Persona 5. If Persona uh, 5 is a superhero game, so is goddamn Pokemon. Come but on. you wear... No, well, except That's, you change into superhero clothes. You know what? I think this is kind of like Power Rangers. Um, in terms of you get things... Yeah, it's kind of like Super Sentai almost. I mean, a more like... A better source of inspiration when talking about what inspired Persona 5 is like Lupin the Third. Like if you guys are familiar yeah, with that series. That's a thief, thief show, right? Like, Yeah, it's more like sort of like mystery, like debonair yeah. thieves than it is superhero but i mean i'm, but persona, I'm okay persona with 5 it, is very much personally. like they they consider the phantom thieves being vigilantes which most superheroes are vigilantes like is the way that they're depicted so that's another okay point for me you know what uh you sold me on persona 5 being it's on the all... list um now where am i right. gonna place it i'm going to place it above pepsi man yeah they're japanese batman oh that's gonna <clears throat> piss mitch off even more hell uh, yeah i'm all for four. that did Mitch leave? Is he coming back? Yeah, he he he's oh, yeah. he fucking walked off. Which oh, he's back. Um, okay, uh, cozy. Okay, uh, so for my number two pick, I have another unconventional superhero game, as has been the trend for the past few entries. But mine is a little bit more. Well, whatever. I'm just gonna okay. get out with it. Uh, my pick is Crisis Two. 
Okay, so the original Crisis was released on... P <laughs> oh, hold on. So the original Crisis was released on the PCs in 2007. It became a huge meme because it was like, oh man, can your PC run Crisis? Well, it melted to the ground. Um, the thing about the original Crisis, though, is gameplay-wise, it was a game that advertised your character as being this super heroic like character who had super strength, super speed, invisibility, etc. But in reality, the act of playing Crisis was a very challenging very like complex experience where you had to be making full use of your powers and really making sure that every single flashpoint with your enemies was handled appropriately if you were just a second off in terms of your action timing you would die instantly uh and crisis 2 basically took that and it's like all right let's make it so that your character is a little bit more souped up so like your super strength ability actually gives you like legitimate real good super strength your body armor actually makes you impervious to a lot more hits than before and let's actually like make it a lot more of a superhero game the somewhat like non-linear structure of the original crisis was done away with for a more looking kind of linear collection of levels which upset some more hardcore fans of the first game but i think that it resulted in the design of crisis 2's levels actually being way 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 stronger I know that a lot of people look at this game and they think, well, that's pretty definitively a shooter, not a superhero game. But when you take into account, again, all the buffed up superpowers that your character has, which, by the way, he obtains in a very Venom-like fashion, where basically the super suit that gives him these powers is sort of thrust onto him forcibly at the beginning of the game. And it's revealed to have these alien-like uh, capabilities and an alien-like backstory that is sort of slowly infecting him. I think that overall, it makes a very good candidate for a superhero game, despite not being what one might traditionally think of as a superhero game. Hmm. This is interesting. I haven't played Crisis, any of them. Um, There's a reason for that. It's supposed to be quite good. I like the fact that you're in the powers, but it's not overtly superhero-ish either, as much as you're getting powers even though you have superhero powers. Um, I'm going to put it above prototype at number seven. Okay. Let's see, I thought... Hmm. I, I don't want to, like, say anything further out of fear of provoking something unneeded, but, like, I'm, I'm fully expecting for there to be a Crisis 2 versus prototype argument at some point tonight. How the hell are these because making the list like and Kingdom Hearts didn't make right? the list? You're like you're like an anti-hero. You're fighting in New York City. That's something I didn't mention previously is that you're in like New York City that's been taken over by this sort of crazy infection. Um, but I'll, I won't speak any further because I don't want to incur something needless okay. onto me. Um, all right. Uh, so we finish off the second round. Um, so we are at eight entries so far. Uh, we're going to reverse this order for the final round of picks. Uh, Cozy, you're up. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you know, I started this off by talking about uh, Infamous First Light, which is like pretty definitively like a superhero ass uh, superhero game. Then I talked a little bit about Crisis 2, uh, which is, you know, it's a little bit more borderline, but I truthfully do believe it is a superhero game. Now, I want to talk about a little superhero game called Thomas Was Alone. Oh, so <laughs> right off. In, in Thomas Was Alone, you play as a bunch of AIs represented by 
uh, squares and rectangular prisms of various shapes. And one of these squares that you play as, slash AIs, is a blue square by the name of Claire. Claire, very early on in the game, is thrust into a body of water, and upon being thrust into the body of water, as you can see on screen over there, she realized that she had superpowers. And basically her whole arc of the game is her realizing, look, it says right here, she didn't need a cape. There was no getting uh, around that. You should, couldn't be a superhero without a cape. Cape didn't want confusion. Claire realizes that her role in the bleak universe that she and the other AIs are living in is to be a superhero, to help save them from adversity and danger and lead them to the promised land. And so for that reason, it is a superhero game among superhero games. Nathan, I already took no the liberty of adding it. this to the list in the appropriate spot for you. Uh, there's no... <laughs> Mitch, I don't believe that you can uh, assign things to the list. I believe that's Nathan's responsibility. Yeah, but we know so, where it's going. I, I was just helping him along. I'm going to be really honest. Also, the score I, is appropriate. I really love Thomas Was Alone. Um, uh, it made me get real emotional at times, which I never expected a game about blocks to somehow do. Um, and I think it's um, what's his name who did it um, Mike, Mike Bithell thank Mike you Mike Bithell. Bithell I think it's Mike Bithell's best game um, I don't think it's a superhero game um, although I do appreciate your argument uh, but at what point in Kingdom Hearts does Sora say oh man I'm a superhero I'm going to be a superhero and I'm going to save my friends at no point in the game does he say that no, but it's not a. Even it's if not a superhero. Even game. if you don't put it on the list, even if you don't put it on the list, at least put it above Kingdom Hearts and give it a point of zero. <laughs> okay, it can go above Kingdom Hearts and get uh get a zero. That's fine. I, I will allow that. Um, I will give you a gimme if you've got one more title you want to pick. Because I gave Mitch a gimme. Uh, can I redeem my gimme after everybody right, else goes? That's fine. So you don't have to make two big ones in a row. Uh, I, I will allow Yeah, that. that'll literally yeah. be him having to give three games. So I will steal give you all a, of our picks and Thomas is alone and fucking crisis. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. All right. You brought Kingdom Hearts. Which is You're better, better than him. That is more of a superhero told than half of this fucking list. So and you know it. Alex. No, I don't know it. This is that's not true. Alex. Okay, I'm gonna pick a. I'm gonna pick an honest because my two picks have been a little have been a little um, fast and loose with a superhero. Okay. You don't say terms. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little bit and be a little bit more authentic in what a superhero game is. And you take one of the worst superhero movies, you make a game adaptation of it, and you make that game fucking awesome. It's X Men Origins Wolverine. It was essentially a God of War clone, and it was awesome because that type of game fits Wolverine so well. You just get to fucking rip and tear people apart with Wolverine. Who cares about the story going on? Even though they did all the things that were disconnected from the movie were actually kind of really cool. Like when you go to the Sentinel, uh, when you go to the Sentinel Sentinel factory. uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, like that that mission was that mission was awesome. There's some really cool. And this was a this was a game made by Raven, mm-hmm. who unfortunately has just been sidelined to be a Call of Duty support team. They made some which really good super really games. Yeah, like they they were they were great. Um, and so it was a real shame that like they've gotten sidelined. But like X Men Origins Wolverine, I think is one of their best games. Um, Hugh Jackman actually 
played Wolverine in that too, which was definitely in his contract. You can tell he kind of doesn't care, but still, it's still nice to hear his voice. Um, it's just a very fun game that was spawned from a really terrible movie. And, uh, you know, if you're going to add Wolverine to things, letting him be in an M-rated video game is awesome. And doing the lunge, the specifically the lunge move, was never not satisfying. Okay, so X-Men Origins Wolverine. Am I getting the title right? I'm trying to remember that. Yes. I actually played yep. this, uh, yes. I think, on PC because I still thought PCs were cool back then um, before I realized the proper way of the console. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 100% better than the movie that came out. Um, That's not saying a lot. Yeah. I'm going to put this at number three. Take it. That's better than I, I mean. It's Seeing this list, it's not. It's about where I expected it to fall, to be honest. Um, I'm just surprised. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up when I have to debate something later. All right. You are a master debater. Um, all right. Uh, AJ. All right. Um, I just want to um, say, uh, Private Jeebus, I see you in the chat, and that is absolutely what I was going to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the PS2 and Xbox and PC uh, version from the early 2000s. I think it came out in 2004, 2005, of The Punisher. Um, the Punisher... Um, being a vigilante similar to a Batman, except the Punisher kills people, um, doesn't necessarily have the superpowers, but can can fight alongside them in such a way that as they are just so skilled at what they do. Um, the Punisher game is better than it had any right to be. It, it it's loosely based off that um, that I think two thousand four uh, Thomas Jane, Thomas Jane uh, Punisher movie. Um, and, which was actually really good, considering um, the game or the movie. It, it even had John Travolta in it as the bad guy. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, the mo- that movie itself was really good, and the game had, but the game had no right. It was at a time where movie-based games and even superhero games had no right to be good, and just in general, they were not. This one stood above, well above the rest, and, and completely. Knocked, knocked it out of the park in terms of gameplay. You got to shoot dudes, blow them apart, um, and, and just go on this uh, revenge quest as the Punisher is wont to do. Um, I'm watching yeah. some footage of this game now because yeah. I, I literally had no reference point to it. This looks mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Holy no, it yeah. was a good game. Like I'm watching like I'm watching like the interrogation mechanic, and oh my god, it looks gruesome in like hilarious ways. I. Yeah. Man, I should see if I can find a way to play this. Yeah, you should a- absolutely try. This is great. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those hidden gems that uh, a lot of people forget about for sure. Hmm. I don't know where to rank this. So I actually don't like the Punisher as a character um, at no? all. Uh, if I did the John like, Bernthal version in like, Daredevil was very good. I'm sorry. Just say. Yeah, the it, John Bernthal version and the storyline they did in Daredevil season two was actually really well done. He, he 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 was all right. I still didn't want to watch the show that they did for him after that. Um, it was I not know, good. I don't know what it is yeah. about Punisher, but I've never connected with the character um, just because I don't love the concept of revenge. You're just quests. such a ni- you're just such a nice guy. Yeah. 
You're just such a nice guy. Um, where am I going to put this? It can go above Pepsi, man. Really? So okay. We're going to give it number six. <laughs> God damn. I don't know how you could put that above Power Rangers. Yeah, that's a travesty. So, well, that's where it is on the list, and it should be above Pepsi, man. So. All right. Well, I know what I'm arguing for in round two. Um, okay. Uh, so we're going to have that there. So, Mitch, you're up. Okay. What makes a superhero game? Is it living out your superhero fantasies? Is it, uh, you know, teaming up with your, your, your squad of superhero allies and saving the day? Is it having a great supervillain? Is it having a great supervillain named Mitch? Does it feature Morgan Freeman? If all of that is true for you, then South Park, the fractured butthole, needs to be on this list. Mm. This is a wonderfully made game from the folks out at Ubisoft San Francisco, previously not known for making RPGs. They were known for the Rocksmith series, yet they were able to do wonderful things to Ubisoft's proprietary engine to allow the artists behind South Park to import their assets directly, which was not possible in the precursor to this, The Stick of Truth. And they delivered a really fun, really enjoyable, really authentic superhero experience in the frame of South Park. And Morgan Freeman, butt jokes, mutated cats that spray on you. Uh, uh, was it actually... Just no, sorry. Uh, was it actually Morgan Freeman, or oh, was it no. a satellite? No, no, it's South Park. Okay, that's what I, no, that's no, what I, that's what I thought. The, Morgan Freeman okay, is enough, a vendor in the game, and there's actually a nice Easter egg in there. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Oh, he's yeah. Uh, he oh, he runs the taco restaurant, I think, something like that. Yeah, Taco okay, Bibita, that's, that's um, something like that. And like honestly, you as the character, your origin story that Cartman gives you is hilarious. The supervillain is actually named Mitch, which I figured all of you would appreciate because you like to shit on me every week. Um... And it's because you're a fucking villain. That might that may or may not be true. Uh, it features a grim, very, very grim, very Batman-esque uh, moment for your character, which I'm also not going to spoil. But it is, it is by and far the best video game that's been brought up tonight because half of these are fucking superhero video games. So fractured butthole. Yes, including Kingdom Hearts. So no, the, that is a that is a superhero game, and we're going to get to that in round two. Trust me. So the. We better not be. Um, so the fractured um, butthole um, is a superhero game. There's no question about that. Your character is dressed up as superheroes. You're correct in his origin story uh, being very sad um, and uh, damaging and traumatic um, as uh, I've platinum that game. Um, as well as Morgan Freeman being your mentor and the Easter egg you're talking about are also excellent. Um, and it's got really fun superhero powers. So I'm going to put it at number one. Hell yeah! Damn, okay. You redeemed yourself after fucking Kingdom Hearts. At least I didn't have a game totally fall off the list. Oh, what? <laughs> you had a game that didn't even reach the list. Well, I meant because Cozy right now is missing his third entry from the list, and we're about to see what craziness he brings to us, aren't we? Uh, so, Can't we are. We so, are. Cozy, you're up. Uh, Mitch has already segued into it, so... Let's get the final game of okay, round I'll keep one. this. Okay, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, all right, so I looked long and hard to see what superhero or superhero-like games I've played in the past I could bring to the list, and I feel I've got a... This is a deep pull, but I feel confident in it. Mad World, uh, one of the first games that Platinum Games made. 
the thing about this game is, upon uh, being reminded of it, I was struck by just how many tones I could feel of uh, prior black and white comic book works like Sin City. And I feel like this game, in its, you know, over-the-top, overly gruesome way, I feel definitely evokes shades of that. You play as a bad and dirty superhero by the name of Jack, who, with his chainsaw arm, has to wreck shop within the city and save it from its bizarre, admittedly overly complicated virus death plot. Let me tell you, man, if you've not played Mad World yet, go and give it a shot. This game is quintessential wee weirdness in all ways, good and bad. And while the character of Jack may not be super heroic in the sense that he's a straight A hero, I think that it perfectly epitomizes the weirdness and goofiness that the superhero genre has to offer, if you should accept it as such. Do they play the song Mad World in the game? There is, in fact, a song called Mad World in the game. It's like a rap track. There's no, like no, like I'm, the entire... He, he wanted specifically wanted, like, Mad the, World. Oh! The one yeah. from the Gears commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, they don't have Mad World from the Gears commercial, but there is a song called Mad World in the game. It's just okay, a okay. different song. Um, you know, this is on my shelf and my Wii's hooked up in my kid's playroom. I should try it. I've never tried this game. It, it's like six hours long, so it's not that long. Ooh, so you don't, but you're yeah. also going to have to play it in standard definition. Yeah, I also have to play it up in the playroom, which doesn't sound ideal. Um, you also have to play your Wii. Yeah, yeah there's that too. Those sucks. controllers must be scuzzy. All right, guys. Okay. All right, guys. Let's not, don't make fun of the Wii right, too much. All right. Now. Um, ha. Ah, I don't know where to put this. Um, I don't want Power Rangers to fall off the list, but I don't no feel like it should be that high. Oh, it's the newest sacrifice is installed on my computer. Um, hmm. It's a good game. Um, wow, this is getting hard now. Um, we brought some games to this list for sure. Yeah, um... I'm gonna put it above Pepsi Man. Rest okay. in peace, Pepsi Man. I mean, it didn't fall off the list or anything. It just yeah, neither did Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is just... okay. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, so that's the end of round one. So round this is an actual. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but this is actually a pretty good list. All jokes aside, like, I think there's actually some really good, like, besides, like, the, like, there obviously are, like, the sort of uh, wild card ones, but even the wild card ones, all the ones that are on the list that have points and stuff that are actually on the list are, are good wild card No, they're ones, not. Say. Good job, You're, everybody. Give it, give it a second. did that. it. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, so let's get into the second phase, which is the rebuttal. Um this time because uh, we always oh before yeah. we do that uh i just want to say before we do that do we oh, want to read off call. uh what is yep. currently on the list uh so yeah. number one is south park the fractured butthole uh number two is saints row four number three is infamous first light number four is x-men origins wolverine uh the movie the game um i just Teen called Titans it the good one number five uh number six is persona five Number seven is The Punisher. Number eight is Mad World. Number nine is Pepsi Man. Number 10 is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game. And then we've got Crisis 2 and Prototype in the 11 and 12 slots. So, 
All right. Now, Nathan, I have a question for you for round two, just the logistics of it. Yep. How do you want to run it? Do you want it to be the game takes the spot and pushes everything down, or they flip positions? I think I was going to do flip positions where they Thank switch. Thank you. Now I know how Ooh, to run. That's spicy. Now I know how to run the board. That's how I was going to do it. I like. All right. I like it when it's that option because that gets spicy and people get. Yeah, angry. it's funner that way. Uh, because it's like it's not just this like moving your spot. They're moving. There's a lot of movement in the list. Yeah, serious things can actually like the scores can actually yeah. really change because of um, it. Okay, so we're gonna go. I'm just gonna change the order up from everything we've been doing. Alex, you're up first. Ooh, okay, so I am definitely going to be arguing for prototype. Let me just take a quick glance at the list and see. Oh, but I could get Persona higher. Um, oh, no, you can't. I'll do prototype because it doesn't have points. Um, prototype, will I will go against the Teen Titans game. One, the Teen Titans game is just a flash game. Like, there's not, there clearly is not that much substance to it. Like, yes, it's a fun, like, novelty of, like, oh, I get to play, like, the show, but I don't know. It just doesn't, from looking at it, it looks like a very standard flash game. It's, that's not my entire argument, but that is just a thing. I think Prototype is just, it's a good double A game that is fun. And that is the pure, it is pure, just, unadulterated fun to just run around the city at Mach 10. It did what Saints Row 4 did, but did it first. In some ways, I think it did it better because they think the powers were a lot more interesting in Prototype because they were like these mutating like claws and mutating uh, swords and like you got like Hulk fists. So it gives you a really wide, wide range of powers to be able to play with. And I think that just from what it did like when it came out in 20 or i think it came out in 2008 it was either 2008 or 2009 yeah. it was um just a really unadulterated fun and i think that that needs to be represented on the list where i didn't know this teen titans game existed until aj brought it up all right aj what's your rebuttal well you didn't know uh it existed because you were probably like three when it was uh, first came out and yeah, was but I'm also consciously aware of things that came out before before and while I was yeah. flash games though pretentious film student you, um yeah, Teen Titans is just a flash game, but it is something that stands up uh, on its own in, in in a way that exceeds the the platform it was put onto. Um, in many ways, it's almost like a precursor for the Injustice series in proving that these superheroes could be a fun fighting game if you really, really think about it. Now, Prototype switch. came out to um, some uh, a lot, of, a lot of like negative criticism when that came out. Teen Titans Battle Blitz is like the one Flash game that when you, when people think of like classic Flash games that they remember playing as kids about shows that they, they, they grew up on. There's that, and then there's the Samurai Jack Flash game. Teen Titans Battle Blitz is, is such a good uh, fighting game, and it is way better than it has any right to be on the platform it's on. Huh. Um, yeah, I am going to agree with AJ. Uh, nothing switches. Okay. But can you eat people? Um, I guess if you're a beast boy and you were uh, something that eats people. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think you could also um, play as the villains, too, and there was that clay villain who would, like, gobble yeah. people up. So that might be possible. Um, okay, uh, no problems. Uh, Cozy, you're up next. Uh, okay, so originally I wanted to argue for uh, Crisis 2 over one of the other games on the list, but considering that Infamous First Light has fallen a few spots, I feel like I have to argue for it. Specifically, I have to argue for it over South Park The Fractured Butthole. You know, South Park, uh, the fractured butthole featured its, you know, protagonists, quote unquote, dressing up as superheroes and going around and trying to, quote unquote, help things. But how much did they actually help things? How much collateral damage did they, in fact, actually cause? In contrast, what Infamous First Light, you got the sense that, yes, you know, Fetch is a character that is struggling. She's struggling with addictions. She's struggling uh, with trying to keep her limited family together. But you really do believe in her. You really do believe that she is trying to do good. And ultimately, by the end of the game, while unfortunately she fails in certain regards, you can feel within her that her heart is resolute and that she's grown from the experience and that going forward, she is going to make the right decisions after meeting the right people. Hmm. Can I go now? Where do we put no, I get to I get to rebuke, don't I? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Mitch, you get to rebuke. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so in the fractured butthole, the heroes of the story are yes, they're dressing up in costumes and going about their usual business. But isn't that most superheroes? To be honest, they're just dressing up, going out, trying to do good. The protagonist of the game, the the hero that you play, is ultimately trying to do good. It is the villain who rightfully so is the one at the center of causing all the chaos spoiler alert it is cartman's hand so hand puppet is villain which is great um ultimately they're trying to do good just in the same way that fetch is trying to do good throughout her journey so i don't see any reason why the layers of depth that are added to the experience of the fractured butthole through the uh, storytelling elements that trey trey stone and matt parker do add into the title uh, in any way makes it less deserving of the number one spot on this list. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I like both these games. I have platinum both of them. Um, <laughs> they're both in really good spots right I now. I know. They're both I'm, in I'm really good spots. I'm glad they're both in the top three. Um, they're both deserving of being up there. One of the top three is not. You know what? Cozy, I'm going to agree with you. What? Ooh. Um, that's dumb. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think we should make that switch. Shit's getting spicy. And now I'm above Mitch, and so you know what? I'm okay with this change. Um, That's all that matters to me. Okay. Uh, AJ. Hi. Never all right. Um, I was not above Mitch. Well, I, I was going to try and argue uh, Saints Row against South Park if that didn't work but um, I don't think I need to do that anymore um, I think though um, Saints Row um, is still overall a better game than Infamous First Light um, you know it, it it had a lot going for it um, you know and a, and, and a legacy to kind of live up to and uh, the Saints Row 4 series as a whole evolved so much like 
they t- what they did with Saints Row 4 is they took a game, the third game, which was already in a lot of aspects perfect, and then they took it to its natural conclusion and just let you run wild with it. No restrictions. Do whatever the hell you want. You are a superhero. You are the president of the United States. Save the world. Do it. Infamous is still, in many ways, limited by its 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 own construction. In in that it it's very limited in its powers. It's very limited in what what it does with those is good, but it's still limited. Saints Row is just open ended, fun. Go fuck everything up. Have a great time doing it. Enjoy the ride. My only rebuttal is that I'd rather have an experience that is more limited in what it sets out to do, but is more polished than an experience that tries to do too many things, but is not super polished. Hmm. I'm going to agree with Cozy, and we're going to keep the list as it is. No change. All right. All right. Fair enough. Mitch. What makes a superhero? A superhero is Batman one gifted with extraordinary abilities and chooses to use those abilities for the greater good of the populace, which they are serving and protecting. Saints Row, the Four, Saints Row 4 features murder. It features dildo bats. It features you using your abilities, not necessarily in the, in the best interest of everybody involved. You are murdering people. Superheroes don't do that. Antiheroes may do that, but superheroes do not. Which is why the uh, superheroes featured in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game, are more emblematic of what it means to be a superhero than those in Saints Row 4. This is a big swing. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, AJ. Bring it, AJ. Yeah. Oh. Many in many many uh, superhero stories, you have superheroes uh, dealing with um, their own humanity. In that, especially especially when you have, you know, superheroes like Batman or any anybody else, really, they they got to figure out whether or not they're going to kill people or not. Saints Row Four. Um, yeah, you're... In Saints Row 4, the bad guys are aliens. If you actually know know the story of the game, and those are who you're killing. The aliens are there to kill you and enslave you. They deserve to die. But the core of most superheroes is struggling with the dilemma of do we save or do we kill? Batman, historically, And Superman killed Zod. Yeah. And live with that moral because decision he had for a to, very long because time. He was going, made for because very bad he was movies. going to have to. Hey, he was had no choice because Zod was going to. Let's not bring up Man of Steel in this show. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's Bat- such a Batman good movie. Batman struggles I love that movie. with the morality of whether to save or kill those who he's trying to stop. Ultimately, sides on the on the side of saving. In alternate histories where Batman does kill, he is not seen as a hero by most. He is seen as an anti-hero at best and a villain at worst. 
those who serve the greater good and try to protect as opposed to murdering are the ones seen as superheroes, not those characters in Saints Row Yeah, Ford. well, you've also got the argument then that Spider-Man is also technically not a hero because he is a menace. J. Jonah Jameson said but so that himself. That is the Trust press. The, the mainstream media. We, we know what mainstream media does to taint the image of those who are fighting for true freedom. AJ, you and I both know this. That is why Spider-Man is a true superhero. That is why the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are true superheroes and why Saints Row the Four is escape escapist bs that is not a true superhero experience mitch i wish you hadn't shot as high no you you know i'm right i can't put you know i'm right look here's the deal i love the power rangers <laughs> i don't think that game deserves to be second on the list yes it does well there's still a third round um but the third round it's only second for I'm now asserting. um we are yeah, running we're out running of out of time here. No, it. list days as it stands. Do it. God damn it. No, nah, one of these days I'm just going to make it so that I, I officially start streaming at 10. That might be a good time. <laughs> yeah. so, sorry, sorry, Cozy. Uh, okay, we're going to keep the last round really quick. Um, I've got seven games that I have listed here that I put on my short list of some of my favorite superhero games. Uh, maybe they're not all great superhero games, but they're games I've played um, and I think are important that people play. Uh, so I'm going to let everybody pick a number, um, and, uh, you'll get to argue for one of these. Uh, so Alex, you're up first. <laughs> you just about fall out of your chair. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'll choose. What is How, how many numbers? One through seven. Or, I mean, what's the one through seven? Uh, I'll we'll choose six. six. So you get to argue for Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters. Is that the one that came out on the 360? That's the one based on the Ryan Reynolds movie. Yes, which is an excellent movie. Oh. Uh, let's not hate. I've worn three Green Lantern hats tonight so far. I love Green Lantern, and that's a good movie. Doesn't I don't make care it a what good movie. Says. It's not a good movie. It's a great movie. Anyways, Alex. I got nothing. I, I, got, I, I literally have nothing to say about this. I don't care if it doesn't make the list or not. I can't. What? That was quick. I can't even mental gym. I can't mental gymnastics my way through this bullshit. It's a game you, you, you beat people up at some point. You can have fun with it, I'm pretty sure. That's my um, Wow, I wish you'd done a better job. This is actually a great God of War-esque uh, fighting game. Like, uh, God, combat oh, game. come on. It's a beat em up at best. It's a beat em up that feels like God of War and you feel like Kratos. Isn't there, is there co-op in uh, there? No. I, I don't think so. Maybe? There might have been on the Wii. Maybe I'm thinking about a different thing. I don't know. It definitely was on yeah. the Wii. It also but... doesn't matter because it's not a good game. Um, it, yeah, I, so I we're going to put it, uh, because of Alex's rising um, uh, thing for it, at number one. You're kidding me. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, I want to see the first going to say. I was like, "Wow, is it that uh, easy?" No, but is it really uh, that it should easy? go on the list. Uh, it, at, it did. I, uh, I got it in there. Don't worry. Yeah, fine. Um, it should be higher. Number thirty. Um, no, it shouldn't. All right. So now AJ. Hi. I'm going to choose number, number two. two. So you get to uh, talk about injustice, gods among us. Wow. What bullshit is this? Wow. <laughs> he gets a well, good game. Holy crap. Injustice is like, like after Teen Titans kind of like laid the groundwork for like, hey, listen, f superheroes can be in a fighting game. 
Injustice comes around and is just like better than it it even had any right to be in the sense that um, it, it, it made a level playing field for other superheroes like Superman to fight um, banned superheroes on this list like Batman and just oh my god like the 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 story um you know well it's been a, it's been a while since i've uh, actually played through that um but you know i remember the story actually being somewhat engaging in in in, in that way that mortal the mortal combat series is where it's just like hey here's a quick two minute b- bit of story and then you're fighting again it doesn't waste your time it, it it's overall just a really good representation of superheroes uh fighting one-on-one all right uh, that's a good argument. Um, and yeah, this is going to be number one. We're moving this game up to number one. Ooh. You know, that, that kicks Power Rangers I off the list. Freaking, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. Uh, this game's moving up to I number one. I hate you. I know we're running out of time. We, we, but we, specifically, love... we specifically created a list to talk about non-Batman or Spider-Man games. And the one that went to number one was a game that prominently It's a Justice League game. And I said it he's could the include... Main, it he's the main I get it. I get it. Um, okay, Cozy, yeah. you're up next. Okay, uh, what are the numbers? One through seven, them? and two oh. and six have been selected. Uh, three. All right, three. So you get to argue uh, for a classic Sega Genesis game, Boogerman the Pick and Flick Adventure. I mean, <laughs> what can't you love about Boogerman the Pick and Flick Literally Adventure? nothing. As we all know, this is a core. What? As we all know, this is a classic Sega Genesis platforming game. <laughs> is it a platformer? <laughs> Let's just move on, please. <laughs> We're running long. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. I need to get to get out two points. One, this game is beloved by Nathan, and we all know that Nathan has great taste in games. And two, <laughs> you're an idiot for not loving this game as well. Hmm. Good argument. Physically wow. exhausted after that. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, I, I bit my tongue twice in a row there, by the way. If you look very closely, you can see me biting my tongue twice in a All row right. there. I tried real hard to maintain this straight we had face. An instant that wasn't feature. real hard to make sure that Nathan knew just how much his opinion on Boogerman, a pick and flick adventure, is All valued right. here. Real, so real hard. Apparently, nobody likes right? Boogerman, a pick and flick adventure. Real hard. You know, it got two thumbs up, way up. You love that game. You love that game. Um, okay. I believe in you so that I can believe in myself. So, Mitch, you're up. You know what else you can believe in? The fact that your heart is the guiding key. Hold on. Where oh, does it go uh, on the it's list? 15. Wait, where'd the list go? I've got... Is it better than Pepsi no. Man? Yeah, put it above Pepsi Man. No. Yeah, put it above Pepsi Man. Do it. Um, all right, Mitch. Uh, you get the options of one... Four, five, and seven. Uh, can I can I pick whatever number Marvel vs. Capcom two is? It's not on the list. I did not. Include Are you that kidding one. me? Nope. Oh, um, seven. Uh, DC Universe Online. It brought MMOs to the mainstream. It featured a number of superheroes. You got to be your own hero. Live out your own hero fantasy, which is what all of us go to superhero games for. It featured, it went free to play it at one point, which made for a much more accessible experience. It uh, it 
changed the way MMOs are, are made and played. It laid the groundwork for what we're getting this week. In Marvel's Avengers, that game would not exist without DC Universe Online and Marvel Heroes being as successful as they were. Uh, Marvel Heroes, of course, being, you know, killed, but DC Universe Online still alive and kicking today. And it's it's got great storylines, great, great um, gear management, great DLC. It's a great DC I think game. City of Heroes and City of Villains was the, better. The voice actors, like Kevin Conroy. Again, you get to be your own plus. superhero and live out your superhero fantasy in worlds featuring Batman, Superman, Green Lantern. I know. I wasn't saying that as like. Oh a, no, no, no! I, I mean, everyone—it's like got all the voice actors. You, you get from to become a Green Lantern in this game. Who doesn't want to see themselves embodying Apparently what a Green Alex. Lantern can be? In brightest day and blackest <laughs> night, no evil shall escape. No, I just my want to play Green Lantern in a good game. Um, okay, yeah, no, this should be on the list a hundred percent. We're gonna put it. Above X Men Origins Wolverine, you were supposed to say Saints Row Four, but yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, just, I mean, you get the same. So amount. you guys, yeah, are, I know, but Saints Row Four shouldn't be in the top three. So you guys are, if you guys are curious, uh, just to give you guys an FYI, the games that you did not pick were Superman sixty four, cool, uh, Lego oh. Marvel Superheroes, a oh, fantastic um, game. It was on my list. And the death and return of Superman for the Super Nintendo. Okay, so I picked the you only one on that list Superman worth arguing. Or actually, Lego was good too, but yeah, I was kind of hoping you pick Lego, but that was a good pick as well. I was I was ready to argue for Lego. This was not one I was ready to argue for, but I still pulled it out of my ass. All right, so um, I don't think that changed much. Uh, we have a clear winner this uh, no. game. Um, by a significant margin, uh, it looks like AJ's pulled in seven points. So congratulations, AJ. You are the winner. All right. So I did we're it. gonna, we're gonna recap the top ten. Right. Um, Starting at so ten. So injustice. I. Uh, the number one spot, AJ's game. Our Infamous point. First Light, uh, number two, which is Cozy's game. Saints Row Four, which is AJ's game. Uh, South Park: The Fracture But Whole, which is Mitch's game. DC Universe Online, which is also Mitch's game. X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, Alex's game. Teen Titans Battle Blitz, which is AJ's game. Persona 5, which is Alex's game. The Punisher, which is AJ's game. And Mad World, which is Cozy's game. Hmm. You know, I... While I don't quite agree with how quickly Injustice climbed to the top of this list, I do want to give AJ credit for all... For choosing a entire stack deck of, like, legit superhero games. For once, you know, I actually knew something <laughs> that was going on here. So, um, I think this is a really fun episode. I think we've got a really strong list here. It'd be stronger if, you know, somebody made a better Green Lantern oh, yeah. argument. Uh, I know made what? a great Power Rangers argument that you dismissed. I'm putting Green Lantern at number one. It's done. <laughs> but it can be number one, but it's under your name, not mine. Uh, it's at number zero. Secret sure, it's your secret slot. number zero slot. Because that's a great game. You know what? If you haven't played that Green Lantern game, go out and play it. I've got a copy of it. You can borrow it. It's really good. So, yeah. That, that just put Nathan into second place, just so you know. Yeah. The host finished second. Um, wow. Should I take... No, I'm not going to declare myself the winner. I toyed with that. I'm not going to do that. I'll save that for another show. Um, anyways, we should wrap up the show because uh, we are running yeah. long. No questions about that. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we're going to go through and plug socials quickly. 
do we want to plug this weekend and next week? Oh, yes. So we've got Quickly? this. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend, uh, we are streaming live fr uh, from Mitch's apartment as we build a PC. Mitch builds a PC yep. with the assistance of Nathan and Alex. So um, it be should be an excellent, fun stream. Uh, I'm looking forward to this a lot. I think Alex is as well. Uh, so please tune in. Absolutely. Um, and then next week, we're going to have an Avengers-specific review episode. Uh, so I am not going to be participating. AJ, are you going to be on it? Uh, I don't think no. so. So maybe. maybe. You'll be bothering okay. us from I'll the chat. You. We know. We'll talk. So... We're, we'll we're trying to figure out who's going to be on it. I'm not playing Avengers, so I'm going to step back. Uh, we will have some special guests. We have not confirmed that uh, yet. So we'll hold We've off on announcing that. Keep an eye on our Twitter. If you haven't followed our Twitter, now this is a perfect chance to, because we will put it on Twitter once we have uh, finalized things. So yep. that being said, maybe it's time we talk about Twitter. Follow us at PressYYZ on Twitter. Mitch, what's your Twitter? Or what's your socials? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Mr. Mitch George, Twitter, Instagram, GG. Um, yeah. This list is a travesty. Perfect. Cozy? You can find me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash Alex Cozina and also on Twitch on twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. I technically start my streams at 10 p.m. on Wednesdays, but I'm probably going to have to shift it over to 10.30 at this point. Again, no big deal. I think that this is just naturally the way that this podcast has progressed and I have to uh, change up my other uh, streaming thing too. Okay. We might be able to start a little earlier. Alex? Uh, we'll Twitter, blatantly underscore Alex. Instagram, blatantly Alex. YouTube.com slash blatantly Alex. Follow me for my egotistic photos AJ? of myself. You can find me all over the internet, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff, at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. All right, perfect. And you can follow me at the underscore NMAC on uh, Twitter, and um, uh, you can catch my reviews at ps4blog.net. Um, uh, if you want to uh, check out my reviews, please go read my review for Manifold Garden. I think it's a great review, um, and it's a great good game, so you should play it. Um, so thanks for playing. Take care, guys.